good. Oh, here we go. Just as when we're about to talk the good shit, this nigga wants to start recording. Bro, this is the thing, man. Why do you always do this, bro? You know, you mean, you know the best shit comes, I, I just you know the tell shit comes off cam. Everybody just needs to know one thing. The funniest things happen right before I press record. As soon as I press record, Fubi switches his whole energy and starts getting all hey, you know, You know, though, but that's, that's what everyone says, though, isn't it? Like, after the movie's made. Oh, the shit we did after screen, though? Oh, that shit there? Oh, y'all should have seen that. It's like, why would you tell us? Why would you exactly, tell us that? <laughs> why not put that in the movie? <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? It's like, what? Of course. Of but people course, forget yeah. the scripted version of just having a laugh is completely different. If you're in a room with your friends and everyone's relaxed and cool, there's a dude in there that would probably be funnier than you. You're thinking, everyone's thinking, I thought you were the comedian. But when you put that nigga on stage, it's like, oh, you ain't the comedian, you know? I was, yeah. But I mean, even this is like, this is really unscripted. But I mean, we still, obviously, you still, I still crack up on the pod, so we clearly having a good time. But the switch, as soon as she says this meeting is being recorded, bro, you just go. You know what it is? You know what the problem is? It's the way I come on the pod. As soon as you come on, yo, man. And these cities fell out the sky. You're like, yo, yo, yo. Let's get into the group. So I put the brakes on. And then when you put the record button, it's like, action. And then, then I came out the building and I saw rats. You know what I mean? It's like, it's like that professional. <coughs> yo, I've been bro, watching. Right before this, bro, was making fun of all the YouTubers that did the reaction Bro, videos. it's too much, man. I've been watching so many of them. Yo, it's your boy Prosper back with another reaction video. Y'all you know what time it is. Listen, before we even get to this video, I want to hit that subscribe button, smash that bell. It's going to wait to 4K subscribers. Um, The comments is for love, not for hate. And um, we just repacked the reaction to Tupac, uh, Dear Mama. And I never heard this song before. I think he, um, I didn't even know he had a mama. I didn't know that. But, um... <laughs> We're going to get into it, and I'm not going to hold you too long. So without further ado, let's get it. Rock Nation family. Yeah, <laughs> Nigga got three subscribers. That's too spot on, bro. That is too spot on. Every oh single one of them. Oh, my I, I don't know who told everybody YouTube that we need to smash the like button. Smash the like button, hit that bell, hit the subscribe button, you know what I mean? It really helps the channel. Thank you for supporting. I love all my fans. And um, yeah, let's just get into it. Y'all hit me, pause it. Y'all hit me in the comments. Did um, this was Stretch his cousin? Y'all hit me in the comments with that. Y'all let me know. <laughs> oh, man, I love it. Because I watch a lot. Then you, get the, then you get the, man, that, that's why they took Tupac out, man. They couldn't handle his message. So they had to take him out. That shit's still going on today. <laughs> then you get the other person, like, why, why do you kill each other? Like, why do you guys have guns and stop killing each other? You know? Like, they're not watching your video, fam. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> like, like, killers about to tool up because they got some beef and they're loading up the mags. Stop killing each other. Oh, man, I didn't even think of it like that. I didn't even think... I don't even know. Yo, 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 we can't ride on these niggas no more, man. She just said we, we got to stop killing each other. <laughs> Jinxy Fairy 936 says this isn't a good idea, man. <laughs> we shouldn't do this, man. It's like you look at you look at the 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 when you when you see the messages that are you know, my girl, you're on 1k subscribers. Bruh. And this video is on 200 views. So clearly, bruh. Killers ain't watching, you know. I mean, but that's, that's pretty much my YouTube channel. If we're if we're keeping it a buck right now, let's <laughs> keep it a buck. My YouTube channel is non-existent. Well, that's the problem. Go. People don't realize like when you, I want to be this, I want to be that, bro. Just to run your YouTube channel. Man, just said you have to run ABC. They gotta commit suicide by now. Bro, bro, tell me about it, man. Tell me about it. I, I, 
Oh, you want to you want to duck straight in? Okay. My I, first I instinct when you, I saw oh what you want to you want to open up with Monique, Monique yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My first instinct when I when I saw the Monique video was we need to protect black women. Really. <laughs> That's what I felt. Like we need to protect black women. I just saw a John Boyega jumping in the middle of that. We need to protect black women. Just randomly coming out. What I found funny was why was she running like back and forth? Bro, that run, that run was hilarious, bro. You're 50 years old, man. Auntie, relax. You're 50 year old in heels. Why are you trying to do the church run right now? You know, the funny thing is, um, the sad part of it was, you know, I could be petty and talk about this is how. Black women, these are the kind of black women Kevin Samuels was trying to tell us to avoid. I can go down that road and, and be an oh. arsehole about it. But the truth That's is... It's not being this, an arsehole, it's the truth. It is, because it's not even about none of that. Monique has problems, you know what I mean? Monique has serious issues. And and, and then, what's his name? Dale Hoogie said it the best. She's not happy until the whole house is on fire. It's like my, I had aunties like that. Mm. You know, there's so much pain in their heart. I'm a jabaruni, I'm a dabuwesirofni, which yeah. means everything has to go down. You yeah. know, no problem. Yeah. They have no problem ruining everything because just they're just not happy. And that's what yeah. she did. Now, once she it's called scorched earth strategy. Right, right. I know that I knew there was a title for it in the in these days. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. I'm a scorched earth <laughs> no, like, strategist. No, it's, it's used in like war as well. So it's like <laughs> right. there are some people who are strategy the strategy is to take out key people, blah blah blah. But there's a strategy called scorched earth where it's like you burn everything. Everything has well, to be. You burn. start from the yeah, and she likes. She, he said, like he said, he's not, she's, she stayed to see, she set the stage on fire, ruined the tone of the show and hung around to see how Dio was going to survive that. That's the kind of person she is. Mm. You know what I mean? You know what I'm yeah. saying? She got there late. You know what I mean? She's a baby. Monique is a baby. She's just one woman who's never been told she's loved. That's all it is. You know what I mean? She's never had enough hugs. So that's why she has to burn everything down. It doesn't even matter now, like, if I had a project and they said, we need a black woman, yo, 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 Monique, I'll say no. Even if she was the right person. Because what happens when we don't have sandwiches in the fridge? <laughs> the sandwiches. What happens That's when we don't sandwiches. have her favorite, her favorite brand of cola? What happens then? All of a sudden, we a bitch ass nigga. She's saying my wife is sucking the dick of a fag. Like, I don't need that in my life. Yeah, to be fair, if, if it really just comes down to he wanted to close instead of her. Like, and you, you took it to like, he's gay, his wife. Right. Is, You're bringing in Steve Harvey. What does that got to do with anything? And the maddest thing here, this was because promoter Sweetboy465, okay, was doing his little annual drug dealing flip show in Detroit. He done booked okay. out the theater. How yeah. do we get the money? But let's book two big comedians, right? Mm -hmm. They're not mm -hmm. getting paid more than I reckon 10 grand each, if that, because how do you even make that money back off of a theater? Do you see what I'm saying? To be fair though, like these guys, they can make more than 10K in a show like that. Because it was, it did look like a rather large red. Right, but it wasn't, yeah. it looked like because you don't know the capacity evil, though. It's like, yeah. it's like Indigo a lot. Because when I'm Dear Hood and them that came to London, they weren't getting big money, they're getting like eight grand. Yeah, to be fair, to be fair, you're, it's not enough money for all of this for her no, no, and there's the thing, Ola. You just know that you do that quick flip 10k, they might even work it out. They're paying them in cash, you know how it is. You know what I mean? You're avoiding the IRS and all that. Shit. I don't know, but my point is, it's not like it's life changing money like that. But you do enough of those in the month, you're making good money. To those who, who don't know what we're discussing right now, uh, basically, Monique, uh, the, the veteran actress and stand up comedian, um, basically just went on stage and berated DL Hughley. And, and took a few shots at other people 
but um, mainly DL Hughley because uh, she was supposed in her contract she was supposed to close the a tour sure. or a show a show, and um, I think DL Hughley basically said that he should be closing. No, no, uh, he didn't say that. That's not what happened. That's what not even happened? happened? What was she? That's no, not, that's the what she contracts were. She was presented with a contract. He was presented with a deal of purple thingy where he was told he was the headliner. This is on the promoter. This is the promoter trying to do some slick shit to make sure both parties come to his show. We've been there when we've worked with these promoters. So it's a miscommunication. It's not Mm. that Dale Hoogley swung his boots. He had no idea. He said, if he felt away, you could have come and spoken to me. Yeah. I've been on this tour after a year. He said he didn't even want to do the show. But they said, you know, Monique's cool. He said he's never had a problem with her. He hasn't seen her in years. So he didn't come to the show on some, I need to close off. He didn't come with that. He was mm. not aware of it. Well, yeah. And to be honest, she did start off saying that, like, your, promo- your promoter is raggedy. Uh, so we know that the promoter clearly has a hand in all of this. But for some reason, she really, really laid it at the feet of D.L. Hughley. It was, mm-hmm. it was, ug- it was ugly. It mm-hmm. was, you know, it was performative and, you know, it was, it was still a show. So she was clearly wolfing it up a bit, but at the same time. Man, oh, like if someone's good. told you you're going to close the show, right? Mm. You're going to come. And that was a deal you agreed with. If they've not told Monique that, right? They're mm. going to, cl- they want her to close. They've told her she's going to close the show. You yeah. go to the promoter. If the promoter comes back to me and says, if the promoter, so Monique now, when they probably, they probably got to the point where the was like, well, you told me I was closing. That's why I agreed this show. And that's mm. what I want to do. So he's mm. going to tell Monique, you have to open, right? Yeah. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. That, that's basically it. I, and I and the, the deal, worst man. part is, the worst part is, you didn't even do jokes. You did not one joke. You just went and cried on stage that I'm a big baby. What's your favorite Monique joke? I, I don't have any. I think she's trash. <laughs> Woman, she's still living off of Queens of Comedy hype. That was 20 minutes set. That's like me posting my comedy store routine. I like that one where she calls the woman a bitch for being skinny. You know that joke? <laughs> I like that one where she calls her husband daddy. <laughs> to be honest, yeah, she got away with having like one stick for a long time. They um, keep calling her a queen of a legend of comedy. Where? 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 I mean... Where? Uh, this this is it. It's it's one of those ones where, to be fair, to be fair, to I'll give her, I'll give her the pros and cons. The pros are she has been selling out. I would say the, uh, theaters, not stadiums, theaters, and comedy clubs consistently over maybe 20, 30 years. Something like she's had a long time of doing stand up. She'll have the audience that will come out for that. But on the downside of it, she is not a stadium comic. Number one. That's Number not a two, thing, though. You don't need a stadium comic, though. That's not a thing. You don't. You don't have to be a stadium comic. No, I'm saying this specifically because this is going to tie into a lot of the things that she okay, complains about. Okay, 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 okay. Because you remember what she was talking about with the next right, video? Right, she was right, saying right, Amy right, Schumer right, gets right, 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 right. So she's never quite got to the level of being like a stadium comic, or she's filling out mm-hmm. arenas. She's. Mm-hmm. I mean, she's got plaudits for her acting, but with the stand-up, she's never really been. Like one of those go-to stand-ups that we need, and she never pushed the acting well. long enough to get to that level of, uh, you know, the the like a Steve Harvey, for instance. Mm. Yeah, where Steve Harvey can draw an audience now while still making millions on television. Yeah, yeah. So basically, all I'm saying, all I'm saying, all of that to say, she's had a certain amount of success, which must be frustrating because the way she talks about it is 
she believes she deserves more. But right. the, the stats and the numbers and the figures and everything else doesn't seem to point to that. Oh, or, 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 or even people, deeper. The, the people that she compares herself to sell way more tickets than her and do more numbers. It makes sense. Or, or even them. deeper. In life, you deserve nothing. There's that approach as well. That you deserve nothing. Like Here's Eddie Caddy once told Jason Lewis, you get out what you put in. Which is true. But no, but here's the thing, though. Here's where I feel bad for some of these celebrities, right? And, and sometimes maybe it's something that makes me think um, this is, uh, makes me feel bad for her as a woman in the business who's constantly being told that she has to have sharp elbows in order to get somewhere. Here's the frustrating thing. And, and I'm not usually on this side of the discussion, but I understand it from an emotional perspective that if you, if this perception thing in the industry is weird, but like the way some people, I heard that Jimmy Carr used to intentionally show up to gigs late so that they would ask him to close and he could start to be seen as a closer. If, if impressions are that important to people that your set is the exact same, but people change the way they think about you based on where you are in the bill or which gig you just did or which producer wants to fillet you at this time, then that goes to show you that you're in a sick world where you're constantly not living life by what's real, but by what appears to be real. And so she's fighting a battle. She's basically boxing with shadows as to try and seem like something that we can all see she is not. And that part, it must be tough. It must be frustrating. And that's where there's some empathy. But that's but you though. That, that's yeah. on you. I can't be frustrated for how you can't understand that life owes you nothing, okay? Mm -hmm. You're bitter. I understand. I'm here. I'm right mm -hmm. here. You're bitter. Mm -hmm. It's easily to blame everyone else for why mm. you're not moving. No one gives yeah. a fuck. That's what I learned. I no one gives a monkeys. I remember when um, Mo put out the British comics, Black British comics, mm. and I didn't get I didn't get caught, and I felt away about that because I felt like I put something in. And someone told me, "Why don't you face your front?" I said, eh? I said "Okay, you ain't gotta Whoa. say it like that, though." Whoa! <laughs> said, "Face your fronts." <laughs> you know, can you face your fronts? <laughs> For it's one of those one of those phrases that will knock you back into shape real quick. Like, wow. shout, shout out to Ina Moore. It was Ina Moore that dropped down. She goes, "Why don't you face your front?" I said, "Okay, Auntie." Nah, she's she's a real one for that one. Shout out Ina Moore. She just told me, "Why do you feel?" Although she said to me, "Why do you feel so entitled?" And no, she didn't understand why I would feel so entitled because mm. I have the right to be entitled. But she was right in the sense where you can't dwell on that. To be fair, if we're talking Black British comics, Fumbi has to be in the conversation. But at the same time, it's it, there's no real conversation. No, it's it's no. not a conversation. Do you see what I'm saying? No. It's like sometimes you have to understand that even if something has the title that makes it look like it's the official thing, blah blah. blah there is no official thing. It's like no. you could you could do something tomorrow and call it the 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 Negroes of UK comedy. Do a whole documentary and shoot it, and it's literally just you and, <laughs> and, and honestly. And, President of Bonjour, and, and you could and do me, a whole me, me and Latif, me and Latif just walking around <laughs> London, just breaking it down. You know what I mean? I will say this is the comedy. The point, the point, the point. Yeah, and and the point that was making in that with with Monique is, you went Netflix offered you five hundred thousand dollars to do a Netflix special, and I can't believe you didn't rob them blind, Bruh. bro. I mean, she would have yeah. spent most of the five hundred k on wardrobe, because she won't have material. The first just gonna be black women. I love you, baby. When you when I saw you walking down the aisle, 
I said, these are my bitches. And that's going to be the first five minutes. How did you write her first five minutes? <laughs> How did you do that? Call me to write for her. I said, look, listen, don't worry about material. They'll they just be happy to see you. I was in Hollywood, baby. And I saw a nigga. I said, this nigga sucking dick. <laughs> that's it. First five minutes. Do it. Then you know how black people love the electric slide? I did the electric slide. They don't cut my lights off, y'all. <laughs> don't do electric slide. We ain't got electricity at home. <laughs> my goodness. That's actually like at, on the way to being material. Like, man. Oh, we, we do an we do electric slide. We ain't got no electricity at home. <laughs> you know that's a joke we were so broke we couldn't we couldn't even do the electric side because we couldn't afford the electrics my nigga <laughs> yo that's what i'm saying it's halfway to be the joke like you could do that you could do that at the j spot in l.a bro. you could go up if and- monique can do that on stage and they will laugh their ass off Tiffany Haddish did a joke. She said, I'm half black, half Jewish. That Jewish. That means I can I can't read good, but I can count good. I was like, oh, who's the bad reader and who's the bad counter? And who's the good counter in this in this episode? Man. Right. Man. That's on Netflix. <laughs> yeah, that's tough. That's so tough. when I offer you 500 grand to just do that, about to if, if Netflix gave me 500 grand to do a special. I would say, listen, I'm gonna give y'all 250 back simply because I ain't finna do 500 grand worth of material. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna see how this goes. <laughs> yeah. Right, this, how, this is how we're gonna fill the hour. Me and Olaf finna do our podcast for the first 30. <laughs> <laughs> and then right. I'm gonna run on stage and do a, a nice little 20. No, I was like, look, I'm gonna give you two Ginny White gems, yeah? I'm gonna give you two Ginny White gems, one. Right, 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 right. <laughs> <laughs> bro, the whole show is gonna be. Bro, when I saw Kevin Kevin Hart say, "Put fire on these bitches," I said, "Yeah, comedy's gone now." Comedy's gone now. This nigga's putting fire on these bitches. Mm-mm. Imagine you're an up and coming comic in in the pubs in Swanley, and you see a motherfucker's at the level where he's got a fire set behind you. You're just gonna give up. Bro, that's hilarious, man. It's funny because Kevin Hart, right now, because I'm in Abu Dhabi, uh, in, in a part of Abu Dhabi called the S Island, he's, um, he's like become the ambassador for this part of town because they want to make it like an entertainment central. So I'm watching him, like basically they put out all these adverts, they put these adverts everywhere of him, like they're trying to use him as the face. And so I'm watching him do all this corny, corny, corny stuff. They're getting him to like say stuff in Arabic. They're getting to do some corny stuff. I'm just looking at it like, yo, this can't be it, man. Comedy no, wise, this can't be it. No, I was like, no, 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 no. It can't be it, baby. I but hope it's check. it. I want it. I want it to be it. But that, that. <laughs> Allah, how much do you think they're paying him? Allah, how much do you think uh, they're paying him? Bro, it must be a, it must be, it must be a mil per Instagram post or something like that. <laughs> because but they're paying that again, camels. They got my guy dancing, bro. They got, <laughs> they got man twerking for the check right there. <laughs> How much you think they're paying him, Ola? Look, either way, it's more money than I've ever seen in my life. Ola, when he saw the zeros on that motherfucker, he said, whatever y'all need to do, I'm with you. <laughs> like, you bring in? He was like, yalla, Habibi. <laughs> Come to um, the... Oh, yes, I... They're like, uh, uh, Kevin, spitballing here. Uh, we, we are in desert, right? 
what if slave you and friends carrying water hot slave thing and you say come to Abu Dhabi yeah I'm good with that I'm good with that you know I mean, right? yeah. <laughs> listen just make sure it's never shown in America I'm good oh, oh no. man. I believe in life here yeah, because remember someone said what do we think Tupac would be doing now if he was still alive now yes. I believe in this life you work hard enough to sell out I mean, yeah. Isn't it beautiful? I think the system loves it. I think the system actually plans this, right? It's like they know your youthful legs, they're going to say, fuck the system. And like, yeah, I like, we're going to use him good in another 10 years. <laughs> <laughs> this nigga doing uh, car insurance adverts. Damn, I thought you said fuck the system. <laughs> Bruh, they, the powers that be must be like, every time they see you buck up, they're like, Hey, put him back in a little bit. Let him marinate a little bit. We, I can't yeah. wait. He ain't ready yet. He ain't ready yet. He ain't ready yet. We, he just needs one or two gun charges. Something like that. Just yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We can't. Let's not kill his shine. Let's not kill his shine. He's got court before his walk. He's got court before he walk. <laughs> yeah, shout out to Earl Ferguson, man. That's that's who he hit us up. I said he loves the boys' court. Uh, um, he waits weekly to tune in. Uh, question was, who do you think Tupac would be in brackets? Impact the culture. If he was still alive, and as you said, films, I agree with you, man. He was, uh, he, he would have had to sell out by now, man. You can't, and even he said, so, it's a young man's game being a rebel, right? You can't. Well, he said, he said, he said, um, they said, where do you see yourself in twenty years? He said, if God give me breath, I see myself yeah. changing the world, or I'll have to be changed by the world. And he would have mm. been changed by the world because he would quickly realize even the people around him were not built for. They're not built for the dreams he had. Yeah. That revolutionary takeover of the country, niggas will set out the plan for we'll give you lifetime um, lifetime membership at Tidios. I mean, y'all said lifetime though, right? Y'all said lifetime, right? I need that in writing. <laughs> I need that on my healthcare plan. I need that when I when I can't like, walk, you gotta take me to Tidios. <laughs> like, like, believe it was the it was in house that killed Malcolm X, you know, and it was because of the simple traits of human nature: envy, jealousy, greed. Um, all of those things you can't beat those traits and so yes we, we would like to believe that Tupac would have remained the same but he was 25 and young and he was quickly realizing that no matter how loud he got the system was too powerful because they just knew your vices they knew your weaknesses and you can't beat that you know what I mean so you would have to and they would eventually tell him like Mandela Mandela died in prison the nigga that came out <laughs> shit <laughs> that was free everybody he didn't give a fuck no more 25 years but they came to his cell. Listen, man, we, we want to give you early parole, but what's your mind saying? He said, huh? <laughs> he said, can we all just get along? <laughs> <laughs> Bro, he came out the prison, yeah? His first speech, he told three white men to stand up. And he said, these were the guards who looked after me in prison. And he gave this whole, we can be together speech with that. And I thought to myself, kill me now. <laughs> Bro, I'm watching um, it's the game. I'm watching uh, this this Netflix show, Bad Sport. It's all about sports scandals, and uh, I'm just starting this one. That's about uh, basically. I don't know exactly where it goes, but I think it's a, a match fixing one um, about this South African cricketer. And so they give you the context first of all, and so they talk about Mandela coming out of jail and how like it was the end of apartheid, and that's why this guy was such a monumental figure. Because, like, uh, it was almost like Mandela was anointing him to bring the country together. 
was like, yo, yo. Allah, but, but Allah, don't, look at symbolism though. Look at that. It was the end of apartheid. How? <laughs> there was a nigga being whipped up in the corner like, it's not over. It's not, it's not over. <laughs> but we buy into it we bought into it you know i bought into it i believe yeah the world has changed martin luther king's speech i have a dream is so cleverly edited (laughs) they make sure it stops at and i went up to the mountaintop you know what i mean they don't show the aftermath of that they don't tell you what he really felt that whole speech was uh was a bit longer and there's stuff he didn't say in that speech which never makes it to the light of day. That's why the one time when they called me in to um to do what's it called news whatever it LBC. Is, show. No, it wasn't even LBC. It was um on Radio Four, not News Jack. Um, news Quiz, News Quiz. When I came in to do News Quiz or something, one of those shows anyway, they asked me to come and do a, a monologue about the fiftieth anniversary of the assassination of Dr. King or something like that. My whole set was like. He didn't like your white liberals. Like, I felt like that's what I needed to go and tell Radio 4. He was like, you white liberals are actually the biggest enemy to our progress. Of course. You're the ones who tell us that we should basically just be happy with a, mm-hmm. a small mm-hmm. amount of uh, mm-hmm. what you call dignity. Mm-hmm. And yo, I was... <laughs> I, the fact that I got away with that, I don't even know. Like, that was... The craziest fire. thing is Malcolm X said liberals are the same as the, uh, the, the, the Democrats. Is it Democrats? Republicans. Yeah. Well, the Liberals are the same as the... Yeah, Republicans tend to be conservative, Democrats tend to be liberal. Right, so the Liberals are the same. He said, you know, one is stabbing in the back, but one's just pulled you. One is one is stabbing in the back. One is, one is stabbing in the back. The other one's not even acknowledging that there's a knife there. <laughs> wow. You have been shot in my neck. No, I don't see it. <laughs> wow. Then the other one's like, I see the bullet in your neck. Let me take care of you. Wow. Right? So you go into his hands thinking he's a friend. That's what I used to say in those days. I'm a friend to the Negro. Wow. That means, listen, man, I got you. But you know how this friendship be, though. And wow. so when you quickly look at stuff like that, it, 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 I never hold Tupac. Because the truth is this. If you're a true revolutionary, you either go to prison or you die. Or you're exiled from your country. Mm. You are remembered in pictures and T-shirts. You don't yeah. make it to the promised land. Moses didn't make it to the promised land. Yeah. You understand what I'm saying? When yeah. you're leading the people, you are resigned to death. Because I don't believe the system ever changes. I believe it, up, it, updates, it updates its software. Mm. And it adjusts to every voice that comes its way. What's going on here? Okay, cool. Because they, they don't get it twisted. The Black Panthers, the civil rights movement, they feel dense at the system. They threw yeah. chinks in the armor. And so yeah. they came with a plan to make sure those things never repeat themselves. Mm. That's how with the Black Panthers, it was swift. Mm-mm. Oh, hell no. Yeah, and, and I think one of those um, aspects that, you know, Western society is really, really understood um, that I think a lot of us don't spend enough time studying is how you appeal to people's sense of self. Self mm. is, has always been like, the, the, the downfall of, of people is the fact that they're fundamentally self-interested. And so, you, you know, there's some, there's some who could pass the first couple tests of self. You know, for example, like you go to some leaders and you're like, hey, 
we'll, we'll give you 50 grand to stop all of this and just like get outside. And some of them will fold at that level. Some of them will tell you, therefore, I'm about my clothes. Then you switch it to like, okay, now you're going to lose something. We're going to arrest you. You're going to lose your freedom. You can't travel, blah, blah, blah. Some will fold at that point. Some will still say, mm. but if you keep addressing somebody's need for self, eventually you can get them to do whatever you want. Yeah. Now, how you do that long term is just by giving them something that aligns with your version of self. Yes. Right. Yes. That's the whole thing. So yes. if so people, if you really want people to buy into your system, if I want if I want you to sell my product, I need to make it so that selling my product makes you rich. Then you sell my product all day every day. I might be richer than right, you, right, but you'll right, still right. do it. Right, right. So in the same way, that's exactly what these, what the powers of be have always, always, always done. But Tupac didn't quite have a way with which to get people to uh, align their sense of self with him. He, he yeah. was doing it based on like we're doing what's righteous, we're doing what's going to yeah. change the world, blah blah blah, and that does not work long term. You yeah. have to align people's sense of self with your well, he was of- he had a phone conversation where he wanted all the rappers to sponsor a little league team they come together and they raise money for the community he said the people in the the, the deacons in the church would do security <clears throat> would do security because that gives them their honor back they have they have a sense of protection that will make them men again he said um we now get these numbers together then we go to government and say we need community centers or computers in our community centers because we can get all these people to vote for you and mm. that's how he was trying to play the political game and he said on the phone conversation we have no power <clears throat> mm. can you imagine that <clears throat> with all the money death row records had he said we yeah. have no power well what he was saying, but what he was saying was smart because he was just trying to align he knows politicians yeah but then all right right the right say. but when but when you now put in the mixture of he needed rappers. He said, he said, him, Ice Cube, and other rappers would go to the drug dealer of every community. He said, because we can't tell them to stop selling drugs. It's not going to happen. Because they understand the drug business, yes. right? It's a political thing. You're not going to stop drugs. But he said, what we can tell them to do is if you can keep the peace between this time to this time, and then in the night, you can have the streets back. But we need to stop these strays and these kids getting killed in the street. Mm. He said, if we take the local drug dealer, we take him out to dinner, we make it worth his while, you know, whatever concert they want to do, they, you know, show up for that. But they wanted to, he wanted to keep peace in the streets. These are all noble things and great ideas. But the average rapper's in the business for what? For the money, for the fame. So mm. to now, like you said, to align him with you, that doesn't serve my sense of self. Yeah. So I'm easily yeah. corrupted by the other side who's feeding me everything that is my, that, that appeals to my sense of self. Yep. The record label so that's where you get the obstacles. The record label gonna send that bouncing card to your house. Right. So like, for instance, Tupac would say, I was telling someone the other day, like Usher didn't write 90%, um, about 50%, 70, 80% of his songs, he, the songs he signed, he didn't write them, right? There's songs that Usher pulled up with like, yo, I want to do this. They were like, yeah, cheers. Call baby face him, please. This nigga said he wants to sing a song. Like they didn't trust him with that because it's big yeah. business invested in you. Yeah. You think genuine came with me singing ideas? Let's uh, sit your ass in the corner. Uh, 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 the moment so Usher signs, the moment Usher signs to a major label, his first album's coming out. They're getting Babyface, R. Kelly, the best writers in the game. Because ain't nobody putting one point five million behind your vision. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? You're just the face of the song. You're just the vocals. 
right? And that ties into back what Monique says. When you feel that you're entitled to something, you hear all these things all the time. I don't make money off my songs. Did you write the song? No. Did you produce the song? No. Did you hold the studio where the song was recorded? No. So what did you do? I sang it. Well, then you paid you for that, nigga. Yep. This ain't your song. It's our song. <laughs> <laughs> it's facts. It's big I was facts. telling my brother today how I love um, one of Madonna's songs. I love one of Madonna's songs. Is, um, Get into the groove, girl, no, you got to prove. Big tune. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, um, now Rogers wrote the song. I said, who's now Rogers? He just broke down who now Rogers was. And I was just like, them niggas. Oh, you don't hear he's a billionaire or anything like that. But when you hear a song like Happy, but you know now Rogers wrote that. Swear down. <laughs> he's one of them niggas. <laughs> He's one of them niggas. Oh, uh, man. Do you know his dad? And those are the ones that I really enjoy, man. Bruv! They've got no pressure. No pressure. You know, you know, you know how it feels. You know how, my, how it must feel when Michael Jackson or Madonna or the new hit star is working on his new album and you get the phone call. Now, man, we need to submit some songs. Who, who, who am I working with? <laughs> you know? You're in your little mansion chilling. I'll be in the studio in two hours. Now you put your music down like a Quincy Jones. Mm. Understand in this life to enjoy, you have to enjoy the journey and the process. That's what it's all about. Everything else is relevant. The destiny, nobody boasts about the destination. Everybody boasts about, bro, you know the flight got delayed four hours. This nigga started fighting the airport. That's, the, that's where the shit is. That's where the juice is. You know what I mean? If I told you a story, how was your trip to Dubai? Yeah, man, I got on the plane, we flew and we landed. All right, well, I'm going to call you later. Yeah, I got to go and um, <laughs> I've got wanking to do. You see what I'm saying? <laughs> like, that's it. Oh, man, why did you have to ruin it, bro? I was laughing. Like yesterday, I was on the way to Oxbridge. Standard journey, right? I'm on the train. White dude gets on the train, right? Mm. He sits down. Next to me, there was a guy who was, his head was down. So I think he was sleeping. And his phone kept dropping. But he would wake up and pick up the phone. So I thought, okay, he's cool. The white yeah. guy comes on the train, sees that thing happen, tap, wait, mate, mate, phone's dropped down. So I already knew, okay, he's a bit tipsy himself. He sits down, his can of Stella rolls down the train aisle. Oh, my goodness. So I tell him, homie, your, your can of drink is rolling. Oh, thanks, man, cheers. He gets up, sits down. All about two minutes later. Come, 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 come. <laughs> that's, how, that's what he said. <laughs> With his headphones out. Come, 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 come. I was like, that's it, come. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> so I go over, Allah. This nigga puts the headphones in my ear. It's Biggie who shot you. First of all, I'm thinking, you know, I'm a Tupac fan, right? <laughs> right? You're playing who shot you in this month? Who shot you? But your pumps didn't finish, nigga. That's who. <laughs> and you better for the rap for a minute, nigga. I hit him up. My, my inner pop was like, get this nigga. <laughs> so I'm like, all right, cool. All right, cool. Yeah, it's Biggie who shot you. Because you know what it is, yeah? Big tune. I was like, cool, whatever, white dude. And as I sit down, the dude whose phone kept on dropping just started vomiting. Yo. Hold on. Oh. You know that? You know that? White people are just useless. You know that look you look at when you look at white people like, they are just useless. Ayokayo. You know Ayokayo. You know Ayokayo means, isn't it? Oh, I don't know that one. Ayokayo, you know, it's like too much fun, too much enjoyment. <laughs> That's why you're vomiting on the floor because your life is too good. 
Ayokayo, that makes sense. Like, yeah. yeah, Ayokayo, just just fun for nothing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Started throwing up on the on the train, Allah. Threw up. I got up and left. This nigga just stood up and got off the train. I just said to myself, what's going on tonight? Yo, but those, that's, those are the journeys you remember, bro. Like I said, but if I just yeah. told you how was the trip to um, Oxford, yeah, it's cool. The train got there and I went to the show. There's no story there, bro. Mm-hmm. Enjoy the journey. You know, we're so focused on the destination. And when you get to that destination, guess what? There's another journey ahead. You don't just sit there. Yeah. Right. You know, there's so much fun in that exploration. When you when you sit down with the rappers, it's the stories they tell that you're fascinated with. I remember one time me and Snoop got stuck in the refrigerator, man. Swear to hell, yeah, man. We was hiding them motherfucker. Um, our faith was there, right? Remember, Kim was there, right, right? And we smoked like a pound of blood in that motherfucker. And the next thing you know, you're like, right, I didn't know that, you know. And so that, yeah, yeah I, I went back to go and listen to that uh, that nigga named Larry. Story. Oh my god! It was ridiculous, bro. That was. Oh no! Oh no! It just made no sense. I like, even why why man, fuck that man. That nigga named Larry. <laughs> I don't even know why it's so funny. It's just the way that he wouldn't let that go. Your name is Larry. <laughs> you know, you know, yeah, it's Lawrence Fishburne is actually feeding into it as well because him being yeah. mad serious and coming yeah. back with the ID. Oh my god! You know, part of me was thinking this story cannot be true. Lawrence Fishman cannot be this anal. Bruh. You see, ask, man, camera was like, ask his daughter, yeah, man, man. you see, oh, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, she did not do anal in any of those videos. <laughs> oh, sorry, you know bro. I didn't... <laughs> you know what? Out of respect to Lawrence, I couldn't watch the, the, the porn videos. I just couldn't. Man. Out of respect or the fact that her face is like exactly the same as his. Like if you put his face into, all right, listen, he's doing apps. All right, she's fine, but she's a spoiled brat. She's just spoiled, man. There's a video of her. She got pulled over. She told the police, "I need to pee." He was like, "Can you just switch?" She goes, "I need to pee," and she just got she just got out and started peeing on the on the side of the road. No way. No, in front of the police. Calm, and the police was just like, "Ma'am, ma'am, ma'am, can you do that slowly, please?" God. <laughs> yeah, She's just me... crazy, but out of respect, man, I couldn't really watch his door. And plus, I don't like B Pumper. You know, I just thank God it wasn't Wesley Pipes because, well, it had been over. That'd have been disrespectful. Why don't you like oh, B Pumper? I wanted, I wanted her first experience to be a white guy. <sighs> then we can separate from, from the cookout. You know what I mean? Because, uh. <laughs> you know, B Pumper was first, she, he spat his first mixtape before the scene. <laughs> <laughs> But that was, that was his whole style back then. I know, but who's tough? I'm not here for that. All the haters in the game. Who is hating on you? Who? Please tell me who. To be fair, yeah, that, those times there, I used to watch a lot of World Star Hip Hop. He had World Star Hip Hop in a chokehold because he was a very entertaining guy and he was he, he figured that was his thing. He was like, look, yeah. I'm going to be the entertaining guy. Who's, yeah, who's yeah, a, yeah. But cool. his, porn wasn't, his porn films weren't great, though. Yeah. There was no imagination there. It was him living this rap star life and, and having sex with real women. But remember, I, I just don't think he created a fantasy world. As much as I am not going to advocate for porn, I think he, what he was doing... We're talking from an artistic standpoint, though, isn't it? From an artistic standpoint and yeah. business standpoint, I thought it was right, very right. clever. Because business, I definitely. Think, because he did stand up. Nigga had Timberlands on. 
<laughs> but I mean, to be honest, Blackpool does have the Timberland thing back then. But what? Not all of them. Not all of them. What he was basically showing you was. You see all these rap videos that you watch where the girls are right, 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 right. Imagine what happens after the video. Right, right, right. So that's but like I said, I don't it. think, I don't think that was executed well. Okay. I think you need to bring a creative director on board on that. You think you think Hank Williams should have done the video? Here's the thing. Here's the thing. That that's that's such a good concept in rap in, for a porn rap video where you know because rappers talk about it, but they don't show it. Whereas you're the guy who who you know who actually shows the the, the aftermath. You know. So I like that con- as a concept for, you know, volume 60, you know, Raptor volume 12. Yeah, how it is, you know, you get Booty Bullicious 4 and, you know, um, Angel Eyes and, you know, Cat Nose, whatever the names are of these, of these porn Cat stars. Cat Nose. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? So you get all of those in the video and, you know, you got a nice little movie. Snoop Dogg started but, but to, into that as well. That and, was rubbish. Uh, His one was rubbish. His one was rubbish. It was rubbish. Again, the wrong porn stars. Again, black people, it's about imagination. Okay, you can't just take the hood and put it in a porn film and say, that's a film. Same way, even with um, like hood movies. It's like, there's no imagination here. Nobody gets to kill the block and walk back to the car. <laughs> and then drives home like this. <laughs> Come on. Come what on, about, put um, some imagination. What, what's this guy? Um, uh, oh, yeah, the, the Nelly EI tip drill video. Right. What about that one? Did you feel like that was well executed? When um, Nelly said the stripper came up with that idea, I will put on every creative um, twerking <laughs> video <laughs> positioning we have. To swipe a card between butt cheeks? Hello? <laughs> I know like the director. I know the director was like. No, you said when the director was like. The director was like, why didn't I think of that? Notice how nobody objected. Yeah, I mean. To swipe a card between the butt cheeks, Allah. Come on, bruh. We were spraying money. This nigga put the debit card in. (laughs) And that's why when they said the stripper was the one that came up with the idea, of course she did. She's a stripper. But low-key, she has a creative instinct. To be fair, strippers are very, very creative. Of course, they're entertaining. You have yeah. to, you can't just go on stage and shake your bum. Yeah, because you just be any other girl on Instagram. Right! How you, I remember when I saw a stripper slide down the pole here from the top and broke just before she hit the floor. But I threw all my money on, on the computer. Have you, have you seen the ones where, the stri- where one stripper will lie flat and then the yeah. other one will basically, like they're up high on the pole. One will go right. horizontal using her thighs right. to clasp on and be horizontal. And then the other one will be standing on top of her, holding onto the pole, pretending to surf on her. Have you seen that before? I've not seen that. Bro, this stuff I've seen, yo, before the look. No, you know what, yeah. You know, that what, <laughs> you know what, yeah. Black people are missing a trick. The stripper off the camera, reality TV show, how they be working out for those moves, that reality TV season. Bruh, strippers of strippers of ATL. Bruh. I'm gonna start pitch, I'm gonna have to pitch that to somebody before it goes up. Hey, delete that part of this out of the pod. I don't know taking my ideas. <laughs> because Ola, there is no way you're telling me that's not practice. Pole position. That's the name of the <laughs> oh, wait, that's a that's a real name, right? I don't know. I just made that up right now. You just made that up. No, 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 no. All right, delete all of this. I'm right now. Pole <laughs> position. Niggas, you crazy? 
You get like a, a, a real famous strip on everybody knows. She's like a judge on the panel. You get, you know, because listen, how do you, that's gym. A lot of strippers are failed gymnasts, bro. I've been saying it. No, they are gymnasts. Even if you didn't make it to the Premier League of gym, gymnastics, you didn't go to the Olympics or so on, you are local gymnasts. That's what it is. You're, you're in the Sunday League of gym, gymnastics. Like, how did they come up are, with these ideas? That's, it's wild. It's wild. And do you know what the thing is? Do you know what the thing is? It's like, if you watch some of the shows that you take kids to where they do like aerial acrobatics right, 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 or so right, on, yeah. they're using right, a lot right. of the exact same skills. They have the clothes, of course, which of obviously, course, of course. you know, they don't have the, the, the body and the twerking and all that kind of stuff. But it's a lot of the same skill sets and they're bringing together a lot of the same entertainment value. And it's, it's wild that, you know, these women are doing this and, you know, guys are ordering Hennessy at the same time and wings and uh, just trying to slap singles and whatnot. But... <laughs> To be honest, they are actually real athletes, man. You can't take that. I don't light. understand. Everybody talks about eating at, at, at a strip club. Like, how can you eat at a strip club? I don't understand. <laughs> Am I not hungry? <laughs> how can I eat at a strip club? Oh, and here's man. the thing, yeah. Everybody's going to throw and eat at the strip club till you taste the wings at the strip club. And they're like, well, goddamn. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, no, I, I ate the strip club. I ate the strip club. And to be fair, it wasn't bad. It was not bad. But to be fair, but to be fair, to be but, fair, but, to be fair, this was like King of Diamonds, which was a whole thing. Like that place was a, I an I get that was, that was not, like a the O2 arena of strip club. I'm like not was, saying go and have a family meal at your local dungeon where, <laughs> where the drug dealers are clearly running the joint. I'm not saying go and eat there. There's levels uh, to this. <laughs> Yo, I can't remember which stand-up comic had a joke, but basically it was like, basically one of the comics or somebody was at the, <laughs> was at the lunchtime buffet at the strip club. <laughs> he made that up though. He made that up. <laughs> Every part of that sentence was wrong. Lunchtime buffet. <laughs> at the strip club. To be fair, to be fair, with this poverty in the neighborhood, you'd be surprised it would take advantage of a lunchtime special. But I'll take a lunchtime special in, in a gay bar. <laughs> hey, it's the feel good. That's what I'm talking I, I want to know who, which is, who's on the lunchtime shift amongst the strippers. <laughs> What's the lunchtime specials? <laughs> we got, we got, um, we got uh, SpaghettiOs. <laughs> we got to empty out from the tin into your bowl directly. We got oh, um, beans oh, with the little sausages in it. <laughs> all, 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 all meals are accompanied by a milkshake. <laughs> you get a free milkshake, vanilla. Oh, I can't get no chocolate, just vanilla, just vanilla. <laughs> I want to keep the theme going. Yeah, you know say everybody, everybody gets one bread. Bun. But they must have themes though, during them. Um, they must have themes like Halloween and, and Christmas nights, right? At strip clubs, yeah, of course. Yeah, can you imagine going to a strip club and seeing a bunch of hot Santa's helpers, bruv? I'm sure that's exactly what they do. I haven't seen it, but I yeah, imagine yeah, that, like, yeah. that makes sense. I went to a strip club in um in Canada. I'm not a strip club person. It's I was playing pool most of the time, <laughs> mm. you know, and I just wasn't. It's only a long. It's only for so long I can stare at titties. To be honest with you. Yeah, the strip club is um, it's more, it's more the the hype and the build up of what you've heard about it. Yeah, the experience you, is so different. Yeah, 
And to be honest, I don't, I don't like any kind of experience where I feel like I'm not going to have fun unless I'm spending. Like when somebody makes you feel like you have to spend to not look broke or to feel like right. a big guy. So that, that goes for restaurants or, or designer stores or clubs or strip clubs, anywhere where they're trying to make you like, they're trying to make you feel bad or guilt you into spending money. I don't like those experiences in general. I will happily go into a nice restaurant and spend good money on some food. But if they're going to like speak to me, like, you know, you have to take this and you have to spend this much and blah, blah, blah. I already feel like I'm on the back foot. And that's what the strip club is like. It's a bit, it's too much of a machine. So there's, I mean, up, up, apart from all the obvious things about my faith that kind of put me off it, that was one of the things I never liked, even when I was willing to go there. I never liked that atmosphere, man. That, I, I told it in my, in my DVD, man. I told a story about um, watching this. Uh, I was watching a guy get a lap dance right next to me. And she was twerking on his lap and he's slapping dollar bills on her butt. But he's, <laughs> but he's basically got the same $7 bills in rotation. So as it's dropping, he's just picking it and putting it right back on her butt. So it's only at the end when he gets up and walks away and she sits down to pick up all the money and she realized she only made $7 for all that time that she was putting in work. And she just looked so dis- bro. It was one of the realest moments in my life. I was like, no, this is a real woman. The fancy's over. She's looking at the seven bucks like well, no. you know, you quickly I quickly realized in the strip club, um, your 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 time, your your enjoyment is dependent on how much money you're willing to spend. Exactly. And I don't like if they if you're not willing to spend, strippers don't even come near. They can smell poor. I mean when I went to strip club in um, Bifa for the stag do with the lads. And I didn't even want to go, but you know, well, let's go to the club. So we walked in and <clears throat> the strippers were circling. And mm. she's like, hey, handsome. I was like, listen, I'm, I got no money. You ain't got to tell me I'm handsome. I'm going to disappoint you. Um, just, <laughs> you can just go right on. <laughs> and did she just walk off straight away? <laughs> Quickly. She was like, I appreciate your honesty. Because she was just, she was about to tell me, you, you're, you're, you're really good looking. She was like, you know, I just about to lie again. So let me just keep it moving. <laughs> you know, do you want a lap dance? No. Mad, yeah, yeah. Those situations are just unnecessary, man. You don't need that in your life. Man. And the plus, I'm, I don't. I like hunting. I don't really like being. I get uncomfortable for around strippers just throwing themselves at me. I don't. It don't. It doesn't. It doesn't excite me. Uh, yeah, I hear you on that. I mean, I'm. I think. I think. I for me, it's not so much about the hunting or or whether they're throwing themselves. I just like because Jesus is watching. Well, there's that hundred percent. But I mean, even even aside from my my faith, which does inform everything about me, but you know, there was times I was definitely way more compartmental than. Um, and so for me, I just like genuine interactions. And the thing is that I don't think any stripper is that good of an actress to make me truly believe that she cares. Like right. You know what I'm saying? Like if you were that good of an actress, you wouldn't be in here. You you'd be making mm-mm, mm-mm, no, come on, bro. Come on, bro. We know the deal. After what even you say, even if you're a good actor, you need to you need time. You need to like get into mode, blah blah blah. These women are up there all night. You think they really gonna give the same performance to each guy and make every single one of them believe that, yeah. She really cares about me. She really wants to shake these, these yams. And I feel like I life. feel like I feel like maybe I'm maybe I'm that guy who's like you know, are you just going to dance with someone else? <laughs> <laughs> I thought we had something. Baby. I thought we. Yeah, had I mean, something. oh, oh, we showed you a couple more ones, and you was gone. <laughs> <laughs> no, for real, bro. You know, 
we're messing with a lot of, I think there's natural chemistry in you that makes you kind of, if you start to like a girl, you don't want to see it with somebody else. But when you start to like strippers, you're in a weird space, man. You're in a very weird space. Um, a lot, it's really weird when, I mean, a lot of men tell them to stop dancing. And you got to understand, that is what brought you to the party, bro. This is it. You, you're not trying to domesticate her and make her someone different. And she will try and play along if you're able to provide a lifestyle where she doesn't have to go back to dancing. But more mm. time you're not providing that, it's your ego that's telling her not to work. Understand this, yeah? Mm. A stripper is working. It is mm. work. You understand? You fell in love with work. Do you know what it is, bro? It's what I've realized about it. Because there's many versions of this. It's not even just obvious. Well, the obvious one is a stripper one. But then there's like the party girl, or there's like the girl who wears skimpy clothes and you go to her because mm. she's up mm. and then you don't want to. Do you know what it is? There's. It's the, it's, the, it's the practice of trying to resolve internal problems externally, right? Ah. Because there's something in you that you haven't resolved yet that would take you to a girl that is shaking her butt for everybody in the club. Wrong. I there's something so. in you that hasn't resolved yet that will make you wifey. Yes. That would you make should you try definitely and, yes. be drawn to that girl. Definitely. No, but I mean, you hit it actually... and quit it just one night. Ah, got so good to me, double back twice. Ah, must have been out of my mind. That's the vibe you should be on. You don't bring her home to mama. Yeah, so what I mean, I have a rule. Like, I have a rule. If I can see your thighs, you ain't in my eyes. And no, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> what was that? I'm changing shit. I'm just, I know what you're saying, yeah. bro. You know, she's twerking. falls in love with the stripper. He's clearly got something going on with him. So he will I don't know. I can't, we can't place that judgment on her. Maybe nah, she's a bro. nice person. Nah, bro. If you fall in love at the stripper, you, there's an issue with you. There's an issue with but what you. But what if you're happy to be, what if you're happy that she stays stripping and you do your thing and you? that's how you live your lives? Yo, I still believe that there's an issue with you, but it's just less pressing. Why, it's though? Less, because I genuinely believe that we have been wired a specific way for good reasons. And the more you work against your internal wiring, the more damage you do, right? So like, for example, if let's say, you know, for men who are heterosexual have been wired to find women sexually attractive so that if they see uh, their breasts, it can have like a physiological response, like you might get an erection in your brain, you might start fantasizing. Those things are supposed to happen, right? Because you're, you're a normal person with a sexuality. If you look at boobs all the time, the amount of response you have will dwindle because you become desensitized. You see boobs all the time, you watch a lot of porn, blah, 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 blah whatever it is, over a period of time, it doesn't have the same effect. Now a girl can get her breasts out, it's like, oh, whatever, I've seen those before. I've, I've never I, had that, that, that struggle, never. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Don't bring Jesus into this. Shit. I'm just saying, I thank God I don't have that, that, that issue. I'm just thanking God. And but I watch general, a lot of porn, and I still love titties. Anyway, the whole point is that... Play titties one more time. I swear to God, I'll end the podcast right now. <laughs> I can't have a conversation. <laughs> so you think, you think porn stars don't enjoy sex like the regular person? No, I feel like they need to... Well, it depends. There's two ways. There's some who are going to need to up the ante each time. They need to get more and more extreme. And then there's going to be some 
who are so detached and compartmentalized that they they save the uh, the emotion of it and the the sentimentality of it for their partner. And so, really, they're not actually enjoying the sex with the partner. They're just enjoying the the time to feel emotionally Connection, connected to yeah. somebody else. So, so. But in terms of in terms of enjoying that with somebody you care about and having the whole package, I think you ruin that if you consistently do if you consistently are desensitizing yourself and working against your internal wiring. So that's what I'm saying that if a guy walks into a place and falls in love with the woman who's stripping for everybody, then as far as I'm concerned, there's going to be something in him. But she's stripping for everybody, but she's loving you. Yeah, and I'm saying to you personally. I don't feel like that's a good sign. I don't think so. You no, know what I'm saying? I mean, Everybody's all modern I, I, now. I, I think, Everybody's no, 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 not even that. I think the, the problem, I think that, I know what you're saying, I do. Mm. But I honestly also believe you can't help who you fall in love with. I think you can. I think that's what <laughs> we make it for. I think you can choose, you can choose who you entertain. Because the process of like, I fall in love with somebody is like, there may be an initial like reaction, but it's whether you choose to entertain it or not. And you start to like add the thoughts and give it time and give it energy, give it attention. Then it grows into something. That part you choose. The, the, the initial int- attraction or the initial spark or whatever it is, that can happen with anybody. But the moment you realize that like, yo, that's just a spark or whatever it is. Because think about it, man. Like that's, then nobody should ever get married because you might just fall in love with somebody else on accident. But the whole point is that you know that if you're married, you're going to need to make sure you don't entertain certain things so that you don't get to the point where it's like, I've got all these deep feelings for somebody else. It's usually when you've been like having a chat. In a Christian world, in a Christian world, in a world we live in, marriage is bullshit. I mean, you just seen Amber Heard and Johnny Deep. Johnny, why are you making it sound like that's his poor day? <laughs> Johnny deep, Johnny was deep in that ass. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I just, I just, I I, 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 I hear what you're saying, but Allah, society needs strippers and strippers need love. So what do we do? Bro, society doesn't need strippers. Society needs strippers, bro. Society needs strippers like we need church. Trust me. <laughs> society I- needs strippers. Some, in some societies, we need more strippers than churches. <laughs> Shout out to Nigeria. <laughs> Do you know what? Yeah, here's how, here's how I will happily give my money to the strip club in Nigeria on a Sunday because at least I know where it's going between those ass cheeks. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't trying to invest for a place in heaven. This <laughs> A lot of us are going to get to heaven looking for mad estate agents. Yo, you promised me I was going to be on the Jerusalem um, plot. All right? You promised me <laughs> Jerusalem, dog. I'm out here in Bethlehem. <laughs> I'm in the wrong neighborhood. <laughs> How do I get to heaven and end up in the low-income neighborhood? The- hey, imagine getting to heaven and you're in the hood. Ain't this a bitch? <laughs> I wonder if heaven got a ghetto. <laughs> yep. Ooh. <laughs> But if you get to heaven too, I was like, yo, they got ghettos, man. I, I try to tell y'all. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh. That, that, that's the title of today's episode, man. I wonder if ever got a ghetto. Got a, like, where all the best rappers came from there, though? Like, all the best gospel singers <laughs> <that> came from? <laughs> from the Bethlehem section of, of, of heaven. 
Wait for that's where all the good uh, seasoned manna is. You, can't be, <laughs> you gotta go to the you gotta go to the ghetto to get that good manna. You know, <laughs> mm, they put their foot in that manna. <laughs> Mama's cooking. Mama's cooking. Oh, oh my god. Oh, you know, you know the illegal though. You know when the illegal's gonna be in it. You know there's gonna be a little. Someone's gonna figure out to get to hell on a Saturday night. Listen, um. I'm gonna eat those cookies, y'all be saying. <laughs> oh gosh. Imagine human beings trying to trying to commit dodginess in heaven like, like God doesn't see you on earth. It's like nigga, you're in my kingdom, right? <laughs> Why is you sneaking? <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah, man. And that's what Adam said when, when um he ate the fruit. <laughs> Adam was like, how you know we ate the fruit? <laughs> you know, uh, you know the Holy Spirit looked at God like that's your son. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know, hey, hey, sons are a lot of firstborns are always disappointment to their fathers, man. It's hard to fill daddy's boots. You know how it is. Yeah, I know how it is. Imagine asking God, how you know we ate the apple? This. <laughs> You know, Eve was like, oh, this nigga. <laughs> Adam was like, oh, right, 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 right. <laughs> oh, you mean this lump in my throat right here? Adam's apple? Oh, right, 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 right. That might have given it No, no, it's, 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 just, it's just the way the whole God would have been quiet. Like, he's God. <laughs> he created us. Like, you think an apple's gone. You know, you try to put the apple back. <laughs> I'm gonna turn it around so they don't see where we be. <laughs> oh man, you're killing me, man. Yeah, man. Uh, I'm just saying, you know, um, society needs strippers, dog. Bro, it's like saying society like, doesn't need alcohol. I feel like it's like saying, um, society, saying society needs strippers is like saying. Um, society needs uh, needs nuclear bombs, right? Society, <laughs> That's society, an extreme. No, I, let me explain why I say that. Because everything is wrong and some people have nuclear bombs, I might need to go get a nuclear bomb so we have a nuclear deterrent, right? But in an ideal situation, none of us should have a weapon that can destroy a whole city in one go. But what does that tell you about human beings? That we're messed up. So Ola, it's like this year, it's like you're Nigeria, I'm Ghana, someone else is Kenya, someone else is South Africa. It's been a standoff, we've all got nuclear weapons. We've come to an agreement of a treaty. We're gonna put our nuclear weapons down. <laughs> you first. As <laughs> soon, as you, put that, soon as you put that one down, let's kill Ola, quickly. <laughs> I ain't like that nigga anyway. <laughs> To be fair, some countries have moved towards nuclear disarmament, at least reducing the number of nukes. So, I mean, you want, you're know, just going to get to a point where it's like, all right, I'm going to put all of these on Olio or eBay, see whoever wants them. <laughs> the thing <laughs> is, yeah, America, America doesn't flinch for school shootings. You understand? They don't flinch. <laughs> they come out with all sorts of contrasting. Let us, we want to offer prayer and... You know, yeah, if your child is in a school with school shootings, they're going to pay off everybody. You know that, right? 
I don't even know if the, the payouts are still good this time. This time they might just give you Nando's voucher, like, yo, it's gonna be all right, man. Take imagine, imagine, imagine that's uh, you know, there's a set of lawyers as soon as the school shoots him. Woo! Christmas <laughs> came early, y'all. <laughs> what kind of sentiment can we get from the NRA today? Bruh. Because you, you're going to take that company, you're going to take whatever gun was made, you're going to sue left, you're going to sue the school, everyone's going to have to get paid. And what happens is when you get paid, you sign those NDA agreements and it doesn't get spoken about again. You don't hear mm. from the victims of Columbine no more, unless you see it in a Michael Mann documentary. You don't hear about the other school shooting documentaries or how what's happened since you're, you know, you don't hear shit because they're just mm. cleaning over the cracks. So if America mm. won't flinch for a school shooting, that's like when the school shooting came. I didn't even bother myself. Mm. All these people, oh, it's kids dying. This is me, kids die every day, B. They'll be all right. <laughs> They'll be all right. Don't make that face. This is how we make generational wealth. When you can look at your investors and say, hey, kids die every day, B. <laughs> I don't even feel right joking like that, bro. <laughs> I, want my, I want my factory in the middle of that school. <laughs> They've tested the land. They said that's where the oil is at. They've got kids with pampers on, killed in kids. Bruh, can you <laughs> can you imagine like the real estate developers looking like, okay, so what we can do, we can turn this into luxury flats. The bullet holes actually gonna help save us the time we would have spent drilling holes for the coat hooks. So we're gonna use the bullet holes. Bro, for, uh... <laughs> when if there's a problem in an area, you're trying to develop it and what about the locals? Um, put some crack cocaine in there. They'll be gone by, they'll be gone by the weekend. <laughs> <laughs> That's a billionaire oh, mentality, bro. Man. So when you, when you, when you, if you're, if you're, if you want to be a billionaire, like the head of the NRA is and all the investors in that company, if you want that money, kids dying can't even be in your, you don't even like kids. Bro, it's a dirty game, y'all. That's a dirty game. You think kids dying is going to stop the money? We run the drug trade. You think we care some kids? You want us to stop the guns because one guy show up at school? Why? Hey, hey, hey <laughs> in, uh, in, in the Instagram conspiracy theory update, I saw one video where they said that um, one of the guys who died in the, in the grocery store shooting was a black guy who figured out how to run a car completely on water. He made a hydrogen-powered engine and he had figured out like you can basically just put water and, and drive the car. And so that's why they killed everybody else so that it wouldn't be too obvious that they were coming to kill him. See, and he was see, a black man. See, see, when you hear a story like that, you're, you're kind of subscribe. You're okay with shoot, public shootings. You are okay with it. It's just sometimes it's the wrong people we're getting. <laughs> because my, and no, look, that's why I don't pay attention to these things because the, a school shooting happens and what does human build to human beings do you all can quickly see what everybody cares about your agenda I can't believe the guy got to go to prison if he was if he had shot this many white people now he would if that was a white person up there and everybody starts speaking he just got nothing to do with nothing you know, we're all just spewing agendas. If you think it's okay for a 19-year-old to do it, then you're part of the process. I saw a post today that said today is happy teething resources, colonial, da, 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 da. Uh, oh, sorry, I mean the Queen's Jubilee. This is me. Listen, I'm glad they stole our resources because we would have done shit with them anyway. Get over yourself. 
Godly, bro. Because it's like, who do you think you're talking to? Yeah. Like, what do you think you're saying right now? You live in her country. Do you know how embarrassing that is? That we say happy Independence Day in the country that gave you your independence? They let you celebrate in their country. You need some venues for your independence that like we pay us. <laughs> Mad. Think about that. Can you imagine celebrating your wedding anniversary and you've been divorced for 10 years? That's what we do. Bruh. And then you have the nerve to come and turn around and say, take in our resources. What are resources? Bruh, I can't take simpleton posts like that. They're still stuck in my head all throughout from last week when you said, like, we don't have a postal service, bro. Like, that was, that's been that's really stuck in my head. I don't know why a postal service is but, Allah, the thing but, that really sticks in my head, but it just does. But we do in... um. Um, someone posted a video of all the top Nigerians who graduated in Calgary, in Canada. They were all Nigerians. Of course. Doctors. So, Calgary medical system about to get a tune-up. Of course. Which is wow. great for Nigeria because um, because um, um, they be, they, they'll do online. That's it. In, I think because in December, those doctors may bring the money back. <laughs> Go and do... Oh. Faji, or maybe yeah. can give one pastor to pray for the blessings of the house that they built in fingers so they don't rob him. But I'm telling you, that whoever's making Chapman in Lagos this December is about to about to sell a certain amount of Chapman. I, I think that's what I was trying to explain um, to, to, to Jay in the video about, you know, the black people who were pouring water on themselves or whatever. It's like, don't worry about them. There's Nigerians who are living on someone's head right now, literally. Live, living on his head, saying you will never get generational wealth as long as I'm on your head. <laughs> you know, I, um, I'm from a place in Nigeria called Ado Ekiti. And when we went to Ado, it's in Ondo State. When we went to Ado, I think it's in Ekiti State now. When we went there then, you know, my uncle lived... Wait, Ado Ekiti was in Ondo State? Yes, but now Ekiti has been made a state. Okay, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah, so it's Ekiti yeah. State now. So yeah. Ado Ekiti will be in... That's where my state, that's where, yeah, yeah. Right, so when we went to Ado, my uncle lived in, I won't even call it a house. I'll just call it a place. <laughs> he had no I electricity. had a location. <laughs> yeah, he had a location. He, he had no electricity. Um, it was just, a, it was just, it's one of them ones where I got the rural experience of life, Allah. I fully did. As a kid, you don't question these things. You just live your life. But yeah. I'm talking about chasing goats for most of the day. There was a mountain that we used to run up to. You couldn't climb the mountain, because um, at Ondo, areas very hills and mountains. So yeah. there was this mountain we could run up. We yeah. could only get to a certain point before you had to start coming down again. We yeah. played football barefooted. <clears throat> I learned later on that the governor of Ekiti has mm. built his um, mansion on that mountain. Mad. Right? The area yeah. hasn't changed. Which governor? Do you know the name? I don't know his name. So I said a small prayer that one day the people of that area will rise up and burn his motherfucking house down. I'm that guy. <laughs> I'm that guy. But at the same time, Allah, that is human nature. That yeah. is what people will do if you allow them to. I will live on a palace in front of your shed and stunt on your bitch ass every day. If you let me, 
that's human nature. So when I see black people pouring drink on their head, hey, do what you gotta do to make it in this life. Do it, man. It's, 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 the game is rigged. Like you said, it's a dirty game. So whatever you can do to get by. When I saw um, Diddy in the, um, was it all about the Benjamins video? Or you can hate me now. And he's spitting champagne. Oh, that's a waste of money. You're, not, you're mad that he spit. If you can afford to even buy Cristal, you deserve to spit it out. Because <laughs> you don't already wasted money. Yeah, for those of you who don't know what we're referring to right now, uh, we're in the group and we just uh, watched this video of this, uh, of like a birthday celebration or something. It looked like a Jamaican. Um, <laughs> Why did it look like Jamaicans? Why? But it looked like it was Jamaicans because the song that was playing was like Ja Bless Me. And I just sounded okay. like a Jamaican that was doing it. And also there was a lady there who was wearing a sheer outfit with her nipples showing. So, uh, Seriously, I didn't watch the video. <laughs> That's what I said. Why does it look like I came with her, her titties out? Like, what's going on? I didn't know that. Yeah, anyway. So, in the video, basically, the guy was standing there for his birthday, uh, and people would just come up and open a bottle of Belle Rose. What's Belle? Okay, okay. Uh, Belle is the, black, the brand. Um, okay. And they would just pour it over his head and over his clothes, everything. They're just soaking it. And it wasn't like a. Hey, lads, on uh, on a night out, blah blah blah. It was like it was almost like this was a ceremony, or like this is how everyone comes to show him love and celebration. Mm-hmm. He just stood there, mm-hmm. covers his eyes, and they just pour bottles over his head. And I was like, yeah, fine, whatever. It's not my cup of tea. But my general point was, I don't want to be around nobody who does this and at the same time complains that like, oh, black people, we don't have generational wealth and. We need to support Ooh, I see the titties for real, for real. Oh, you saw them now. You know what? My only thing about this is he's wearing Louis Vuitton. I am not getting spit. You're not pouring drinks on me like this. <laughs> this nigga, you know the worst part? This nigga's looking emotional about it. Like, I, I done made it, y'all. They're pouring drinks <laughs> on me and shit. <laughs> exactly that. That's exactly but how Hold on. Hold on. When you look at the guy, he's got a Louis Vuitton jacket on. You look at the crowd he's in. You have to understand, at the core of it, a lot of us are very insecure. And these moments that we come to life, we put the makeup on, we wear our best clothes, we're Gucci designers. Pouring drink on your head is just the next phase of it. It's the next phase of your madness. Because mm-hmm. the time you left your house in a Gucci, um, from Gucci from head to toe, Gucci imprint in your car, and you're driving in the, you know, the drop top with the rims and the thing, you've already, you've already, you're already gone. You're right, because to be fair, I'd seen, you know, the part, there's a part in the video where they're pouring it on their watches, and I'd seen that before and thought, what the heck is this? Well, it's like a thing that guys do to stun and show that their Rolex is real or whatever, they'll pour the champagne over their watches, right? Like, I'd seen that one before. But like this point where you just stand there and they just soak you, they just literally just pour bottles over your head. It was like now, when they showed it at the end of the video, it's literally like a whole crate of champagne has been poured out. I'm like, yeah, at some point, you just have to accept the fact that, okay, this is what you chose to do with your money, but you can't ever complain if you don't have But I've you know, never assets. seen him complain. But I've never seen him complain about it, though. Some people don't want assets. Yeah, fair play. Some fair people play. don't want the Wall Street investing in stocks and having share bonds and islands. Some people don't. Some, no, no, some people don't want. Some people will never get that. My parents are never going to get that. You can. You, take, you can open a account for free and put £10 in. But they don't want to do that. I know that 
that part is fine. If you don't want to do that, fine. But what I'm saying is that, like, yo, at some point, you even need to figure out if you're going to work till you die, you're going to have a pension. You need to figure out. No, no, you don't, though. That's your, that's your, your, but that's fine. Everybody can think that. It's not for us to think for everyone else. I if know, someone doesn't I, want to do that, I think as a society, we're so hell-bent on telling everyone how to, to live their life. If you want to be he, a bum in this life, God bless you. Be a bum. But here's the problem. Here's the problem mm. with this society. If it's the case of you want to be a bum, you can be a bum, that's fine. But the thing is, there's this other side where we're supposed to look after people, which means that people who make poor choices can make those poor choices and then ask everybody else to pay for it. So, for example... If let's say um, you know this guy uh, after living it up, he's had a good time, fantastic, whatever. He now wants to, um, you know, he, he now needs some kind of universal credits or whatever else it is. He's still gonna expect that somebody's gonna help him, or he's gonna ask family members to put him up in a place to stay or whatever it is. And so what I'm saying is that we're not islands because we don't suffer alone. More some people do. But for most of us, we don't suffer alone. So at the same time, if somebody's supposed to help you when you're down, they should be able to say something if you're going the wrong direction. Yeah, but you, yeah, but we don't do that to people in our lives. <clears throat> we do to people we don't know. We do to people we don't no, know. I do, I do, no, but I chastising do. people we don't bump into. If someone is scrounging off you in your family system, that's a different thing. Do you see what I'm saying? I'm talking about when we look at black people doing stuff, we're like, this is why we don't have wealth. This is why we don't. There's no we. There's you and your family and my, my, me and my family and how we mm. conduct ourselves are completely different. And that part of what you said we're supposed to look after each other, you look after people in your village, in your camp, not mm. everybody outside of it. I'm not responsible for everything because I can't be. The same way the billionaires of this world don't give a fuck if I'm living or not. They don't. And they have the money to look after it. Mm-hmm. People have money to end world hunger, but they don't. So they, this idea that we look after each other, that's a lie. Nobody looks after you. Nobody gives a fuck about you, okay? You, like you said, you get what you put in this earth. When you become a billionaire, the first thing you do, when you become a millionaire, the first thing you do is watch how, you're, how you don't go back to poverty. You don't start uh, thinking, you know, I'm a millionaire now. I'm going to start opening food banks. No, 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 no. You focus on how to get to two. From two, you get to three. From three, you get to four. Because you're going to lose another three. Then you're going to get another two. Then you're going to lose another one. You see what I'm saying? So the idea of I'm going to help people, and da, 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 you can't. Because the system continues to take. <laughs> you remember, everyone, when you, when you get into film, you think you do your first film, you must have got paid a million dollars for that. I mean, they, they gave me bus fare. <laughs> nah, you know, I Ghost? Mean... Ghost. Yeah. Um, Ghost. Yeah. He was on Breakfast Club talking about, he only got started making money on power. He said 50 had to loan him money to pay for some things. Wow, you borrowed money from 50 Cent. That's a... he loaned him, loaned him, loaned him, loaned him. He said 50 was nice about it. He said he loaned many people on set money. Yeah, but that's my point. I, I, that's what I was about to say. You but but here's the thing, though. Set. When they say that, though, I think he was an advance on your payment. I don't think it was a loan. <laughs> okay. okay. That yeah. makes sense. I don't, I don't 50 was just thinking out of here. Listen, you know, you know this is coming at your check, right? <laughs> but what I'm saying is, in, 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 in essence, what I'm saying is, um, in this life, like Jason said, who are we to judge people? It's not going to stop us from doing it. I'm going to judge mm. a motherfucker ne- right now. I don't even like mm. where your head's tilted to the right right now. You see what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah. But in yeah. essentially, especially on social media, we jump into these things. Um, generational wealth is a buzzword. It's a buzzword. 
That's all it is. Because the fact of this is this. Like Jesus Christ said in the Bible, the poor will always be amongst you. Your job is to exploit them. No, I'm joking. <laughs> yeah, he ain't say all that. <laughs> he yeah. ain't say all that, but that's what we do, though, Allah. That's what we nah, do. Nah, 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 nah. That's Allah, okay. if that's, you run a okay. business, you're we not going to pay everyone the same way you're getting paid. You're not. Of course not, but that's not Why not, Allah? Why not, Allah? Why not? Why not? Why not, Allah? Why not care for their generational wealth? No, but they can... The thing about generational wealth is that you understand that whoever takes the risk is the one who makes the reward. So if you want to take, if you want to accept less risk in this life, you become an employee. They tell you, I'm going to pay you on this time every month and they have to pay you by law. And so you get less reward because you're taking on less risk. If you want more reward, the best way to do this is to take on more risk, which means you become, the business, you become the businessman you put up the capital, you put in the hours. You don't put up no, the capital, you get people to put up capital, you get all your friends and you all put money together. Even then, to exploit. Even, even then, even you find people willing to put up the capital. I just want you to agree that we was, exploit people. No, we, I'm not saying we don't exploit people, we do. But I'm, I'm saying that the, the examples you give for exploitation are not all exploitation. Not everybody should... If I, if somebody builds a business and somebody comes and works that business, they can't demand to get paid the same as the guy who built. But we business. want generational wealth for everybody, don't we? No, we don't. I don't think <laughs> you, I don't, we don't. I don't know. It's, and that's all I want people to know. I I'm don't sure. want you to be successful. Why should I? You're gonna compete with me. Yeah, no, no. I'm I'm hundred yeah. percent with you on that. I I'm want your say, book to fail. I want I'm your saying, album to flop. I'm saying generational wealth is when you mm. accumulate wealth over generations by from exploiting by, people by purchasing assets and passing them down. So because by making the, sure I, the money stays within your family, within exactly. your circle, that's exploitation. That's not a caring that's attitude. That is keeping it is because you're going to exploit people to get to that level. What do you mean? No, you're going to get a, my, if for I me, get a mortgage me, and I and I pay off my, my mortgage and pass it on to my yeah. child. That's, I haven't exploited anybody. I just that's a house. An that's different. I'm talking about businesses and money and making generational wealth from where your money no, comes that, from. But that, that's the point that we're making here is that like most of the the families that you've seen who have real wealth, how come generational wealth is always accumulate? It's always quantified in money. Why is it never in knowledge? Why is it never in culture? Why is it never in practices? That is a big part of it. But why but is that why, never spoken about? It's not spoken about because the part we're lacking on right now is the money. Who's we? The people talking about generational wealth. Okay. The people, the people who say I want to build generational wealth are usually talking about the fact that their parents maybe had to work hard, but they didn't have anything to pass on except maybe the education they've given them, the opportunities, but they don't have any real physical assets. So these people are starting from scratch. Maybe the first one in your family to like make some decent okay. money or whatever it is. Okay. So the idea is I need my children now to be to not have to start from where I started. That's generational wealth. The idea is okay. that wealth is built up over generations. But it's not spoken, it's I, not I, sold I, like that, Ola. Well, to be honest, the way people sell it online and all that stuff, that, that I mean, come on, man. We're talking about the internet, we're talking about social media, like nothing. Because the way you anything. explained it can be quantified. A lot of us are doing so well right now compared to what our parents were doing, mm-hmm. what we're able to achieve compared to what our parents have. But we don't mm-hmm. document none of that. Unless it's pouring champagne on your watch. Well, here's the thing. Those of us who are doing it, maybe getting on a property ladder or trying to, you know, maybe make a few smarter decisions or maybe just trying to move the career forward and educate the kids or whatever else you're doing. 
That is the building of generational wealth. Thank that you. is the idea. A culture, a mindset. To... The wealth is an idea, yeah. you know. White people sold ideas. They didn't sell money. They sold ideas. Ideas that would generate money. They made handshakes. They had discussions. Yeah. I mean, to be honest, there was, was, um, I think it was a pastor actually, but yeah, someone was speaking. I was saying, you don't realize how many times you think you're wearing a brand. You're wearing a family name. Bro. You're wearing wearing Abercrombie. Bro, at least a two. You're wearing Gucci. Yeah, you're wearing, you're wearing yeah. a family name. You're wearing a family, a family name, bro. You're wearing a whole value right now. When you're drinking rose, you're drinking a vineyard, my nigga. My dad used yeah. to pick the grapes in this bitch. Why you have to make it? <laughs> That's real, though. We used to it's hand real. pick the grapes when we was kids. Asians have built the corner store, but I'm surprised they don't name their kids corner. Hey, hey, red card, man. Yo, you're out of here, man. You're out of here, red card. Man. Red card. Hey, what? I said, you're out of here. I said, you're off. Get out of here. Nah, Get out of you're here. You're out of here, man. We ain't even got to VAR on that one. I man. tell people all the time, yeah, there is a difference in working in your father's local business compared to working in Topshop, my nigga. There's a difference. Yeah, man. I don't know if you ever watched Gary Vaynerchuk. Uh, Gary V, as he's referred to um, online. I've never seen that motherfucker, no. Okay, so he's like uh, a serial entrepreneur, multimillionaire, he's an investor, blah, blah, blah. But he's always, he's always like a motivational speaker as well and all that kind of stuff. But of he's course, like very, of course. He, of course. He, he's very... Ola, when uh, you make... Ola, when you're a billionaire, you're an automatically a motivational speaker. <laughs> <laughs> it's just part of your side hustle. It's just part Forever. of... But one of the interesting things about him is that he got his first break, started off working at his dad's shop. His dad's shop. His dad, um, his parents were immigrants from Belarus, I think, or something like that. So he's come to the, so they come to the US now, and basically they've got a little wine store, a little like off license kind of thing. And he's turned that into like a, a website right before, back when there were very few websites on the internet. And he's built like this whole wine business called winelibrary.com. And probably he's done a fantastic amount of work and he's now like very, very rich, very, very well. But when you listen to him talk about some of the core things he learned and what he learned from working in his dad's store, and I'm, he, I'm talking about times where he was even, he even felt like he was too good, like he was too smart, he, he, like he'd already surpassed this. But coming back to working in his dad's store gave him all the tools that's made him a multimillionaire now. Now he learned stuff at university, yes, blah, blah, blah. But the, like staying there in the shop, even when he wanted to leave and his dad was like, no, that's really what's helped him. So that's why I agree with you when you say that there's an element to which you pass on physical assets and maybe financial assets and so on. But if you don't give people the wisdom and the hard work and the, the mentality and the spiritual grounding and everything to go with it, it only takes one generation to lose everything that you've been building up. Oh, no, well, not even that. I've, I, which kids kill their parents? Bro, exactly. Exactly. So Because they didn't are, give them the tools... To, to understand that, mm. yes, I'm rich, but this is you're not entitled to this. They've you're come right. to this, I'm the heir to the throne. They don't even know how to run the business. You're right. You're right. So the best thing you can actually give your kids is good grounding, good, a good um, moral compass, a good spiritual grounding, wisdom for life, a code, value sets, core values, you know what I'm saying? Things like this. Now, if you then put uh, you know, say like a, a trust fund in the hands of somebody like that, then what they can do with it, that for their next generation is going to be nuts. It, 
Right. If and you put it into someone who, if you put it into someone who you could see, they're more about hitting the strip clubs, more about pouring the, the, the champion on the watches. You will mm. look at that child and be like, not now, not now. Yeah. Yep. He's not ready for this. He will blow yep. it away. You understand? You can That's imagine, you can already see, even in the mafia business, you could see which son was going to be a good Don and which son was never going to make it as a Don. Yep. Too hot headed, too emotional, whatever. You yep. know? And bro, so in, dude, people love this idea of like you know these um uh, this generational wealth thing, but it's not as it's not as smooth. But you know, Ola, you know what it is, Ola. We always take the fantasy road of everything. Of I'm gonna be a billionaire, which means I wake up, my carpet flows to me when my bed moves towards the kitchen. The chandelier <laughs> says good morning, and the bees come into my room and put the honey in my tea for me. That's what we actually <laughs> think it is. You know, some billionaires wake up and jump off the roof. <laughs> Nobody ever tells you that side of the story. Some billionaires who killed their wife in a jealous rage, or a wife who killed their husband, or the wife who's fucking the poor boy. The issues that come with being the guy, you don't hear those problems. Bro, every time I hear people boast about being the boss, I'm the boss. Yeah, yeah, really the boss. Yeah, really the boss. Yeah, really the boss. Hey, Ola, how many you ever bosses? Meet a real boss yeah, they are stressed out because it's Yo, Ola, not... Ola, 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 I guarantee you, when the bosses started hearing there's this COVID 19 thing, they're like, okay, when they started hearing there was a lockdown, I want to know how many people got divorced that weekend, how many people lost, couldn't perform because of impotency because they're thinking, oh, they're going to lock what? Hang up what? We're going to lose who? <laughs> When the, right. when the board meetings were calling you, we need to have a board meeting. We have to close down. We have to let the whole socks department go. Bruh. Because they're bringing in two million a year and we can't afford that no more. You know, we've got to keep the, the pencil department. They bring in 20. Now you've got to tell the whole socks department you, you ain't got jobs. Now the right. whole, that's, that's, let's say there's a thousand people in the socks department. That's a thousand people wishing that you're going to die tomorrow morning. And you ain't even wrong. It wasn't even your fault. Bro, and ima- ima- imagine, imagine your your wife or your kid has the nerve to post on Instagram that you're playing Ludo in the house and sipping on ice cold Coca Cola. Those workers you just fired are, are scrolling through the Instagram <laughs> and they see that, bro. Michael, pull up to your house. Michael, pull, pull up, up to your house. Like, and so you, you like- cost my life. <sighs> Every day, directly, bro. Every day, when you have, when you're making, when you're making millions, yeah, you're also losing millions. Hmm. So it becomes a balance. It's a balance game. Hmm. Remember when Jay Z said, "I lost twenty million, but twenty million can't hurt me." Mm -hmm. Let him lose another twenty million. Then Beyonce will be like, "This, yo, is this this a thing? (laughs) Is this a habit? Because we can't be losing twenty twenty million just like that." Bro, go and tell, go and tell Junior when he lost twenty million. That nigga will lose his hair in front of you. <laughs> so when people Yo. say I'm a boss, I'm a boss, I'm a boss, I'm a boss, I'm a boss. Shook Knight was the boss. He was running LA. He too had a. I call them zaddies. You have to have a white zaddy. Every black person has a white zaddy. Max. So you're the face, but then there's a zaddy above. So Shook Knight was the, yeah. but the zaddy was into scope. Um, what's his name? The guy with Beats by Dre, Jimmy Irvin. Yeah, okay. He's the he's the white zaddy. How, how, how do you think Jimmy Irvin got could get someone like Suge Knight on look like that? Because he's the white zaddy. 
because they have white money. That's the difference between black money and white money. You can run your little bloods and crips. I run the world. Damn. He's the one that bailed Tupac out of prison. Hey, Tupac was signed to Interscope, but they didn't want to have anything to do with him because he was hurting the brand. But should be nice brand, it fits well with Tupac. So they give him the money, bail Tupac out of prison, and we just get our cut from his record sales. Do you remember when Tupac said it on the album? What did, what did he say? Which part? He didn't say a damn thing. Because <laughs> <laughs> you don't disrespect white Zaddy like that. Uh, <laughs> it hurts, in it? It hurts. It uh, hurts, in it? It hurts, in it? It hurts, in it? It hurts. Hey, well, I told you Time Warner, Warner had the distribution deal for Death Row Records, which means they distribute Tupac's music to all the TV outlets, everywhere it goes. They had to deal with them. They also have to deal with CNN, who hate rap music. <laughs> it's a dirty game, y'all. Hate everybody. It's a dirty game, y'all. Like, so when is... I say to you, kids can die every day, B, if you don't have that kind of spirit for that bread that everyone's talking about, how you have to be a heartless motherfucker. And I'm not even saying heartless in the sense where things can't bother you, bro. Mm. In, in your world, there's nothing as good. There's no such thing as good and bad. There's just the world. Mm. When they say there's war in Ukraine, you don't look at it like, oh, those poor Ukrainians. You think, I oh, need to set up a charity that's going to send money to Ukrainians and we're going to get the refugees out and we're going to get our cut from that. Man. Man. <laughs> Bruh, it's all a hustle. They're not gonna stop war. They're not gonna stop Putin from doing what he wants to do. But we can make some money on the side while it's happening. Yeah, bro. Trust me, man. Now, in the past, however many years, anyway, I've been very, very. Uh, I've gone through a lot of awakening experiences, like that will shake you out of your naivety or your of, 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 of snow white and the seven dwarfs and right, we're gonna baby. live in the in the paradise of lands of trees and honey life will slap them roasting <laughs> glasses off your face bro bruv, life will slap you in the face like shut up room boy hey i told you yeah if me and you go to nigeria tomorrow with a plan that works and that's going to change nigeria we'll be dead by the morning <laughs> If, if, if you if you're a revolutionary and you're alive, your plan is trash. <laughs> plan is trash. Your plan is bullshit. Hey, if you're and you're alive, they're not afraid of you. You're not working hard enough. Oh, I tell you, Ola, if we go with a plan that works, that works, Ola, we'll be dead by the morning. These niggas trying to change everything. <laughs> because come on, yeah. man, there has to be a level of. Of, of, of content from the way this this dysfunctional Nigeria's a gold mine because no one cares in England they've 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 finessed they've patterned their stuff so well that they can be as corrupt as they want what are you gonna argue you were in, you were in wireless the other day with your titties out come on man is the country that bad you know mm. you got your light you got you go raving when you want go shopping when you want you ain't got time to watch Boris's figures but you're in Nigeria and they're saying there's no money okay I hate that. But why is Oyedeko flying in private jets? Please don't tell me. For the work of the Lord. <laughs> but 
by the way, and okay, we could put that into concept for the work of the Lord. Now, if I was to agree with that, yeah, can I just ask the Lord if he can work faster? <laughs> can we get like a Polish Lord? <laughs> you know, Polish will put the work in. Because clearly the Lord we're praying to, he ain't really listening right now. And I say it all the time. I know when Nigerians call God, he's got the phone on standby. He's looking at Jesus, the Holy Spirit. He ain't going to answer that. Listen, I don't know what to say to these things. <laughs> I've told them. I, I've done it. It's your people. Yeah, it's not me. It's, yeah, I mean, there's, there's too much. There's too much in this life, man. If you ask all the questions, bro, you just be there asking questions. After a while... You have to turn into one of them people that starts providing answers. <laughs> and you want to provide some answers. You know. and, and, then, and then what will kill you is when Whiskey pulls up with two Puerto Rican honey slapping their titties in his face and you're like, you ain't with the revolutionary? <laughs> Big Wiz? Nah. <laughs> or, or Davido. Are you going to ask Davido to ride for the cause? <laughs> Come on, man. Come, Come on. on. Come on. So then you ask yourself, why am I going to kill myself for this? Bro, who would fell out because if he was still alive today? <laughs> oh, man. And, and that's the beauty of Puck and Fella. They wouldn't be alive today. They just couldn't. The thing about Fella, though, is that they actually killed him. So, in, yeah, in, in, I mean... He killed wait, himself. Wait, 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 he killed himself. You know, he died of AIDS. Action. He killed yes. himself. He killed himself. He was too much of a rebel. But, you know, like, they... He was he was actually a problem. You could actually see he was, he was a problem. They, they threw his mum out the window. Like it was it was a they threw it down the step and he, and he made a big track about it. This is it. You know what I'm saying? You have to be a cold guy to be like yo. And his <laughs> mum was prominent. She was part of the people who got women to. Um, his, his family have been prominent in Nigerian politics for years. Mm. One of his um, brothers was in the military. And he was, um, my brother went to a military school in Nigeria. And yeah. so we met his, um, one of the Kutis. Because when you're a Kuti in Nigeria, you're a Kuti, innit? it? So yeah. we met one of him. And, and, and so, you know, when you look at people like Fela, Park, rebels, real rebels, you, you, can't, you, you, you quickly realize um, it's noble to fight for what you believe in. It really is. But... Um, you forget you're a human being as well, and you get caught up in the God complex as well. Yes, yeah, yeah. And that's and I feel like that's what God always tries to teach us. Mm. When Moses struck the rock more than necessary, God was telling yeah. him, Don't get a God complex, don't think this is you. Yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah, that's yeah. what Will Smith can't understand. Like you slap someone on stage, and rather than understand you fucked up, you come with your God complex. Jada Pitt yeah. just put out a video saying the world oh. needs Chris Rock and Will Smith. For what? Yeah, she is. She is something else. That woman is unbelievable, man. That woman. What like, are we she, doing? She like she was about to announce that next episode of Red Table Talk is going to be both of them talking. She looked like she's she's literally Don King in the situation, bro. She was like, and on the table of the Oscars, she said two men, intelligent, and it's just like, if you really pay attention. All they're saying is, you stupid motherfuckers at home who are on our dick so hard, here's the next episode of what we do in our lives. And we're like, okay, I'm tuning in. The world needs them. Half the world didn't even know who Chris Rock was until he got slapped. 
Don't do my bad, Chris. Rock. No, no, you know what I mean. Chris Rock is not the guy like that. He's he's a he's for comics. He's a G to the outside world. They were acting like we'll select um um Guy Tory. <laughs> Nah, that's too much. I like that. But that's how it was, though. Like, we were like, do they know who he slapped? Yeah, 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 yeah. I know what you mean, bro. You know, if it was Kevin Hart, they'd be like, oh, that that doesn't look right. Because Kevin Hart's famous and he's cuddly and they love him. But they didn't know. People were saying to me, I don't even like Kushok anyway. So so they should just slap him. (laughs) Just slap him on the Oscars. Isn't it? Because you don't like him. And so that's why I was just like, this world is, is weird. And so I don't worry about what everyone's doing. The only thing I can worry about is what I'm doing. What am I putting out into the world? And that's what they're going to judge you by. I, I don't, don't even speak to, on it no more. I don't even know how to be responsible for every black man. Living every black man, Allah, every human. I was quoting Pat. Yeah, I know, I know. But every human. You must know by now. Look at the comedy game we're in, man. Ain't nobody looking to support you. Everybody's looking to see what you got. I had a girl, I don't know, I think she I think she meant well, but she messaged me after the show last night. She messaged me today. I saw you at the, um, we performed together. I didn't see her perform, but she said, we, I was performing with you at Oxbridge. You were simply amazing. I said, oh, thank you. That's very kind. She said, I was so envious of your talent. I was like, huh? What's wrong? But my friend was like, English is not her first language, probably. I was so envious of your talent. That sounds like she's going to kill me in my sleep. <laughs> I didn't like, hear it like that. I just, I just right. didn't hear it. We'll say that. I was so <laughs> envious of your talent. It's like, yo, envy is a seven, one of the seven deadly sins. <laughs> sounds like she's going to show up at the next gig. Show and be like, why, why are you so gifted? <laughs> I was about to say, Girl, no. You you see, I'm on the same bill as you. No. <laughs> Paula, it was um, it was Paula. It was one of those moments where you got to remember whenever you you're down on yourself and asking why am I not Dave Chappelle or Chris Rock or Kevin Hart? There is someone watching you. Like, why am I not you? Yeah. I mean, maybe not you, but definitely me. Uh, (laughs) Oh, gosh. (laughs) Okay, dang. (laughs) Yo, um, I I hear you 100%, man. I'm with you on that. And it's like, you really do have to put stuff into perspective, uh, you know, when it comes to what you're responsible for, what what you can do, what you can handle. And being pragmatic, I think that's that's an element of it. It's like it's the pragmatic, it's the pragmatism of saying, ain't nobody out here trying to. There is no way that we all make it. And and to be honest, that's the, the quickest way. If you want to, if you want to split up, to like a couple of black power activists, just uh, you could just put like um, one one sister between the two of them. <laughs> or just watch them, bro. Just watch them. One sister. Yeah, bro. make sure she got a big back as well. Something like that, you know. Bro. what I mean? Like, Andrew if you want to, you want to split up two two feminists, bro. Just put put a, 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 an, an attractive, appealing guy in between them, bro. No, no, it's, no. Put a young woman in front of them. <laughs> put a young girl with, with with a tight body and perky tits who has ideas. 
Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. All right. And then watch watch human nature kick in immediately. I mean, and this is it. And this is what I'm saying that like, yo, let's be pragmatic here, man. Look, if 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 women said, Oh, we I want all my women to succeed, blah blah blah. All right, cool. Do you want do you want your husband to make the exact same amount of money as my husband? Okay, cool. Do you want their, that her husband to make the exact same money? You want everyone's husband to make the exact same money? All right, cool. So that means all the prices basically flat out and you can't afford any luxuries anymore because everybody has to can afford the same thing. No, nah, I don't like that, man. I want to still go wow. on holiday. All right, well, someone's got to lose then. Someone's got mm-hmm. to lose. If, if you want to have uh, a husband Everything. who makes good money, someone has to have a husband who doesn't. Or there has to be people who don't make good money. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah when you realize that zero sum game, you know, stop with all the, the, the lies, man. <laughs> stop with all the lies. Stop with all the lies. Hey, man. hey the guy who, who wrote the bestseller for, I don't know what the. the by the way, until I realized 10,000 copies is a bestseller, I was like, if I was a millionaire who wrote a best, who wrote a book, I will buy my first 10,000 copies. <laughs> yeah, that's a bestseller. It's so misleading. It's like, you didn't even It's so misleading. <laughs> Yeah. And imagine going to a shop and there's 10 bestsellers on the shop where you're like, well, all these niggas is writing this good. Damn. Oh. I need to up my game. Bro, bestseller is like... Say, when they say... When I'm they the say... One. Right. When they say Beyonce's new album, Lemonade or Pepsi or whatever, Sprite, has had 1.10 million downloads in the last 20 minutes, you never sit down and think, is that actually possible? I mean, I know how it is here when I'm at wireless with everybody and I'm trying to get reception. Like, it shuts down because everybody's trying to get reception. So I don't understand how the how everybody's downloading the album at the same time. And it's just running nicely. You know, you don't, you don't check it. Oh, Drake's album sold 500, 600,000 copies in the first week. But you never saw a, a wave of 600,000. I mean, Put 600,000 people into your head right now. Okay. That's a small country. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right? And if, if, if that amount of people went to buy an album in one week, you would just see on TV, right? Where's everyone going? Yeah, but you, you know, they don't even, like, the way they do album sales now, it's like, it's projected, isn't it? No, they do like um, first of all with digital or with streaming. They say like I can't remember the number. Let's say it was twenty three. Twenty three yeah. streams is one sale or something like that. Like where right. do you get this number from? Like, <laughs> right, right. Twenty three right. people or, got to or, stream now. But because because the companies are hustling you, you need to replay your music, or you need to have this amount of plays before we even pay you this amount of money. Yeah. Yes. Can you imagine that? Now, if you're a Beyonce or a Jay-Z, you're cool. People are going to stream your music. If you're a Jim... No, you know, yeah, we just need to end here because you, you wild it right now. You, <laughs> you you're a genuine. If you're a genuine, those streams mean everything to you. Genuine didn't deserve all of this, man. Genuine didn't ride the pony for all of this. Like, let me, let me show you now what I'm trying to say, yeah? It, like, it, when it, you go on Spotify, yeah? You type in the artist in it. So if you type in Junior, for instance, his um top you know streams come up. 
Now, Pony's 374 million streams. That's a good look for Jimmy. Big look for him. Yeah. Now, it's a big song. Track seven. <laughs> Hello? Track seven. Now, he ain't got that same feel. <laughs> and Gino has got some. Okay, all these hits, all these hits have the big streams. Yeah. So, yeah, you know, he would, he difference would and stuff like that. Yeah, he'll be on all of the R&B playlists. You'll get that. Yeah, all those things are important. Yeah, that, and that's yeah. all he could ask for with his career. Wow. I thank God I made it. No, wait, wait, wait. I thank God I made a song such as Pony that can get, that can still stand the test of time. True, true. He probably, not, he probably might not make the most money off of Pony. You understand? Mm-hmm. But he still gets a credit for it. He's still able to use it to tour. And that's what yeah. you need from a... That's what you can pray for. There's some cats... Come on, man. They don't, they, we don't even want to hear anything from them no more. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I hear you, bro. You know? Imagine if you were in a group, like 112, where you have to split it four ways. God, Golly, I don't know how those guys do it. bro. I don't even know how the noise... Next that's what you're like... Bro. Yo, Jackie Edge, we're gonna hear more music. I ain't gonna spit that shit four ways. I'd rather not sing. Bruh, you know all them promoters that book groups and it's like now you're providing accommodation for four people. You start speaking to them like, hey yo, Nokia Jazz, you might have to share, man. We only get a sister in his room, man. Nokia Jazz, you guys have Can you imagine that tour? I mean, that's all. If you're Jagged Edge, all of you negotiate according to how big you were in the R&B world. So can you imagine if you're Jodeci, you don't even have to look after yourselves over these years, but you're still going to headline the thing because you were Jodeci. Yeah. You understand? SWV. But if you're Jade, you're like, come on, man, don't walk away. (laughs) (laughs) Y'all going to have to open. Y'all going to have to open. They're going to bug you off. They're going to be like, look, here's the deal. Don't walk away from it. <laughs> like you know, it's they're not gonna be able to argue with SWV. But the problem yeah. is, if you're SWV, right, for Wembley Arena, two thousand capacity, or what is Wembley Arena? Well, it depends on what arena they use. But how you know? What you've got Ashanti, Neo? No, no, Ashanti, uh, Jodeci, SWV, Drew Hill. How much are you paying these guys? It can't be decent, man. <laughs> it can't be decent. Because you're not going to make all that money back. They must be getting that Monique money. So what do you reckon? So, like, you reckon... Because I was watching the SWV um, um, reality show. Do not judge me. Don't ask why. I was no, I would Coco. watch it. I love SWV. Where's the reality right. show? What's it called? It was on YouTube. I was, I was in love with Coco, and I was just going on a journey. But they kept on saying, we're going over to London in our tour. We're doing Wembley Arena. I was like, they're doing Wembley in 2023? How? I Googled it. Yeah, they're doing Wembley Arena. So is Junior White. So is Asha. So is, you know, they had a bag of niggas on that tour. Not Asha, obviously not Asha, but it was a bag of man on the tour. Yeah. I'm so I was just thinking. I've, I've bought tickets to an SWV concert in London before. They refunded my money because they clearly did not sell enough, bro. Yeah, yeah, it's like it's not, it's, it's, yeah. it's a shame, man. It's not easy. So, man. that so there's that whole package is what they're selling mm. it on. It's mm. not just you, it's because Drew Hill's gonna be there, they're getting a bang for their buck. So, I don't know how much money. Okay, so they cover their flight. If they say we cover your flight and hotel, mm-hmm. it's not for it's not it's not first class, is it? No, some of them might say, or what it might do is. 
charter one plane, like charter a, a private flight. Because um, sometimes if you get a good deal on a charter plane, it can work out cheaper than buying first class for everybody. Okay. So sometimes they'll charter a plane until they say, all of y'all have to meet in Miami. <laughs> get yourself to Miami and then we'll fly from Miami to London in one plane. So how much can each group will get? Like 10 grand? It depends also if they've got sponsors as well. Sponsors can add extra funds to it. So let's say it's like, all right, we've got this big show, mega show, okay, then they go and okay. approach Supermall or whatever. Supermall okay. will go and put a bag behind it. Not Supermall. Supermall won't give you money. They only give you drinks. Yeah, I mean, I know that one. In, in terms of <laughs> they don't give you money. I don't even think Supermall drinks. Even, I don't even know if Supermall even give out drinks anymore. I think Ultimalt and all of these other reborn malls. No, Supermall give out drinks. Supermall, yeah, I love the way they do it, though. They, they respond quickly because they don't want to fuck with their audience. <laughs> They, they make it in Denmark, but they know it ain't the Danish people keeping their business. They, they know it ain't them. They know it ain't that. They know that's not what they're marking. You don't bite the fingers down. And that's what I want everybody listening to the podcast to learn, okay? Denmark makes Supermall, okay? They didn't even know why Africans like it, but they never asked questions. They just keep sending it. I told my auntie that Indomie noodles is not a Nigerian produce. She almost t- told me to get out of her house. <laughs> Yo, it's real, man. It's painful. It's painful. My auntie's Yoruba. I had to ask her, when have you ever seen noodles in our culture? Bro, whoever, do you know what it is here? Before Indomie even really took off like that, I remember going to Nigeria as a kid and it was uh, Maggie two-minute noodles or Maggie three-minute noodles or whatever. Yes. yes. That, who, that marketing campaign was nuts. I don't know how they fell off the Indomie, but they... Do you know how Indomie took off? How? Boarding school. So what the boarding school people are the one that made it big. Everybody in boarding school, Indomie. Used to use a boiling ring to boil the water. He put Indomie noodles yeah. in it. It was quick food. After you know, after the hostel, after in the nighttime, after d- dinner served at like six, seven. So you know, guys are still tripping around at eight, nine o'clock, tripping. So they just make some noodles to eat. I I know that happened, but like, why did it make you three minute noodles become the uh, Maybe because Indomie, Indomie, Indomie. It was just easy to say, my Indomie, Indomie. And next thing you know, it just became a thing. And boarding school, school life, let's call it school life. School life was Gary and Moi Moi or Gary and Epa. Granot and Kuli Kuli or Indomie. Mm, nice. Anyway, Indomie done had the culture in a chokehold for a while, man. And to be honest, like, I, I respect it highly. It was when I got to uni. I took a box of Indomie with me to uni. Mad. Chinese, Chinese, Mad. Girl, Chinese girl came into the she's like, oh, you know Indomie. I was like... Living. I was almost looking at her like, you know Indomie. You know Indomie. <laughs> I had to check myself real quick like, yo, these are noodles. She was like, about. that's my... She, what she meant was, oh, you you funding the um, trust fund? My nigga. <laughs> yeah, man. Yo. Anyway, this... Uh, this game is uh, it's wild, and that's why you know we really do have to you know be pragmatic about things and and really ask ourselves whether do we really want everyone to win? And the answer is no. But no. at least ask yourself. You want Dara to win. You want Dari to win. You're gonna do everything to make sure they win. And if some other kids got to lose in that process, well, well what are we supposed to do? Mm. Help them win. Nah, I mean, you know Frank yeah. Lampard, right? You know Frank Lampard, yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah. You think, it, you think it didn't help that his dad was a coach, uncle at West Ham? 
and his uncle, his dad was a, you know, part of us, and his uncle was Harry Redknapp. You don't think that helped? His uncle's, his uncle's Harry Redknapp? Okay. Yeah, his cousin's Jamie Redknapp. They're cousins. I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, yeah of course it'll help. It'll help. You know, Beckham's son played for Chelsea and Arsenal. Everybody knew he couldn't play. Bruh. They saw that nigga run and said, nah. <laughs> but Beckham's son has signed to the academy. We'll take that, Brent. Yeah. Remember how he's a photographer now? Which one? He's a photographer now. Married some heir to the... I think he married the heir to the front to catch up or something like that. Wait, who, who did that? Beckham's son. Which one of them? I think it's Brooklyn, the first one. Who's the first one? Brooklyn's the first one, isn't it? No, Romeo's the first one. No, Brooklyn's the first one. It's, it's, yeah, it's Brooklyn. Brooklyn's the first one. Yeah, he married some, some billionaire princess, some billionaire team. Mm-hmm. That's who's in the circle, man. Yeah. Yeah, man. With, 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 like, Michelle Obama, like, their daughter. Yeah. Like, you have to be able to afford to date, to date her. Of course. You can't be a nigga with dreams. <laughs> you can't be going to the studio after your night shift at the waitress and think, my girl's Michelle, my girl's Mrs. Um, whatever Obama's daughter's name. You can't, you can't. You're not. Where's the generation of wealth in that? We're trying to keep the money in the house. I mean, his daughter's names are Sasha and Malia, and Sasha's the buff one. No, don't do that. They're both buff, okay? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, man, that's rude. They're both. How old is Sasha? Yeah, um, let's check. Sasha Obama. Sasha Obama is uh, she's born in 2001, which means she's 20 years old. She's only 20. Yeah. I wonder how the, the game's gonna pan out for her. Yeah, bro, there'll there'll be some upper class Negroes that will come into the into the mix. And but to be honest, actually, well, I don't know. They might rebel and go the other way. And maybe they do start dating a rapper. Who knows? But the chances are there'll be why, another Ivy. Why is they guy. why is dating a rapper rebellion? Surely she could date a Jay-Z who is, you know, not not this Jay-Z. I mean someone who has, you know, is not necessarily to be fair, you're right. They're not gonna date you yeah, know, they're not gonna date OG, they're not gonna date ASAP Rocky. This is what I'm saying, bro. They, they, they come. From, they're both their parents are Ivy League parents. They've yeah, been yeah. in the public eye. It's not going to just be like you know, little Lil dipstick, the rapper who's just done a, a tour. It's going to be you know, uh, Tyrone Chaddington the third from uh, the. You think they're allowed to twerk, Bruh. I mean. <laughs> I don't know if that's presidential, but <laughs> I'm, I'm sure they got the best twerk team coaches in the country. <laughs> you, you, there must you be know, so many black things they're not allowed to do. You You're know, not allowed to sit to Tupac. They missed the president. Tell me what to do. Daddy, he's talking to you, daddy. <laughs> you know the stripper that came up with the surfboard thing I told you later on? She's like, you know I'm teaching yeah. Sasha next week, you know? You know, I'm at the White House coaching next week. So I still need to learn how to work. Hey, if you're a stripper and you don't have a pole dancing business as a side hustle, don't know what you're doing with your life. Bruh. Many of them do, to be fair. Yeah, That's bro. good. Because white yeah. women are paying... White women were paying black people to teach them about um, 
by privilege. Yep. When black people saw it, they were like, what are you guys doing? This is me, they're making money. If a white person wants to pay me to teach them about shit that doesn't matter to do with shit, I'll do it. Someone, um, I think there was a time that somebody tried to like uh, expose Malia Obama like doing cocaine at a party or something. And I think they even had like a, a picture of uh, her bank card next to the cocaine. Was the problem? Was the quality low or something? Uh, yeah, I don't know. Let me let me see. The the, the quality is all right. Like it's not crazy. No, the cocaine. I mean, was the, what was the problem? Was the quality not good? I think it, the problem is that it wasn't US made. It was okay. They imported yeah. it, and that's not good for that's, local that's bullshit. markets. That's bullshit. That's bullshit. Clearly, they know I've got a good dealer. Probably going to the hood to get their stuff. <laughs> nah, bro. They got the presidential stuff. They, they should the ask who gets them. They should see who gets their dads. They, bro, they got the CIA stash. What do you mean? That's it! Hey, hey. This decision from 1923? <laughs> <laughs> this that stuff That's we that gave to Rick Russ right now. This, this the Rick Russ batch right here. Hey, this the batch we took from Esco's house the night he died. This is in the the presidential presidential cocaine library. (laughs) (laughs) Now, see, if you really want to appreciate the the vintage of cocaine we're talking about, what you can do is take a little dip and put it over your top left canine. That's where you really pick up the notes. This is where we have... uh, Uh, First of all, you're saying this like it's a joke. But if if cocaine was legal, these are the kind of adverts we'd be seeing. Yeah. (laughs) Bro, like rich people would get together for a little cocaine tasting. Of course. Are you mad? When I said to you, this is the batch we took from Escobar's house, you don't think a cocaine and be like, oh my God. That's like eating at at Harrods. Yo. I I will be on Instagram like, man, I just, oh man, I'm just eating the cocaine from Tesco's, but you know, it's so good. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Yeah. Can we get the batch that I'm Escobar stepped on in his house. Thank you. There we go. He stepped on that cocaine. Oh, what did he step on it with? The, the tears of white Americans. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> mm. You know, it's just a, if, if, if those things were legal, those are the, once marijuana comes, although they will never let you advertise marijuana on television, but they won't need to. Right. Marijuana does not need an ad campaign, bro. Marijuana has been doing influencer marketing from the beginning of time. <laughs> Actually, think the the use of marijuana would decrease if they legalized it because you know all the marijuana is like I don't smoke that government shit, <laughs> bro. It marijuana and Indomie got the same marketing strategy, bro. Yeah, <laughs> they're gonna end yeah. up at the boarding schools. There's gonna be a catchy yeah, name. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, like, like you, you're gonna see all the reggae songs changing their opinion on weed. Babylon weed not good for you. <laughs> like what? <huh? laughs> Because once weed becomes legal, it's not your local drug dealer that's going to benefit from it. It's going to be rich people. That's how we have to be rich, Allah, because we'll be the we'll be the venture capitalists who put the money up so they can start the business, and then we just take the profits. It's already started, man. It's already started. Like if I was a pastor, I'll be having a weed cafe on the side. 
Bro, I'm buying up the whole farm in Nigeria. I'm having them grow it. I am, bro, the way I'm going to package that up, it's going to be, yo, whoever did the Indomie packaging, they're going to do my packaging too. All you have to do is make it appealing to people. When you go to Amsterdam and they pull out the tray with the different types of weed, you're looking at it different. You usually have to buck a nigga in an alley for this. (laughs) It's all nicely, but they put strawberry on top. You're looking like sweets. Bro, I've I've seen like, uh, I've been to a dispensary, but I've also seen like these documentaries about it. And you go into these... um, California weed dispensary. Some of these look like the Apple Store, bro. You'd be like, okay. It's <laughs> <laughs> so packaged different. You're like, okay. Yeah, this is. Oh, you this that this that Pro Max right here. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine you, you you put a coin in the vending machine and your weed just comes out. You're like, damn. Gonna come. So when you say that cocaine thing, hundred percent. Can you imagine? Because you know, there's levels to cocaine. There's the, mm. there's the, there's that high level cocaine. And there's, of course, the shit that they give everybody else. People will tell you, you know, I hate it when people use the credit card to snort up the nose. Oh, surely they must have the, you know, the gold silver spoon when you just tap it in. You know what I mean? <laughs> them tiny spoons that you use. Bruv. If you, if, if you own that spoon, you should get arrested straight up. Because what else are you using that spoon for? <laughs> and you know what? Yeah, I have to say this, man. It's going to sound racist, but... Man, white people do cocaine like a motherfucker, man. Damn. <laughs> this is how I knew white people do, do cocaine. When I said I don't do cocaine, the look of shock on their face. I was like, it's illegal, motherfuckers. Bro, the way I hear some of these comics talk about doing cocaine. I'm oh like, my goodness. What's going on? Like, you're just thinking to yourself, what? Can you imagine if Kojos was a, head, head, um, a, a, a place for cocaine usage? We'd be shut down by the weekend. Bro, you know, you know that um, Cat Williams joke about how people are crazy in Hollywood. They'd be like, "So, Cat, we want to do the movie with you." And do you know I can see you, nigga. Do you know I can see you, bro? That's exactly I was how I felt. Up. That's the last time Cat was funny, man. That's exactly how I felt in in Edinburgh. Niggas just started chopping up and chopping up the lines in front of me. I was like, "What's going on, nigga? You know I can see you." You know what? Yeah, there's so much going on in that one. Yeah, it's because. It's like I didn't as, say who I didn't say who it was. So there's nothing. No, no, no. I'm saying there's so much going on in that one in the sense where it's like they were looking at you in two ways. Like they didn't even respect that you were a man of God. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like what? Like you what? know, I pray, right? Bro, bro, what's that? What have I done wrong to make you feel like you could just start chopping these? Did you feel? Did you feel pressure to take a line? Bro, I wanted to get. I never wanted to get out of a place so fast in my life. I'd have bounced. I'd have That's bounced. exactly what I did. I'd have bounced. I remember when um, I was with uh, my, my friends my in Canada. My wife and daughter were up, and they were still in. They were in the apartment. I just, I was like, nah, this ain't me, man. I got a wife and, and kid and waiting for me. I went back and just cuddled up with my wife. I said, you know what? Thank God, man. Thank God. But you know what? But what would have happened if you took a line and gone back to cover with your wife? You, 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 we don't know. My, my, my son might have come earlier, bro. <laughs> Or, or your wife would be like this, you need to take cocaine more often. <laughs> Next time you come in, oh, you, th- you had that coke tonight, didn't you, baby? <laughs> God forbid. God, God forbid. forbid. That will not be your portion in Jesus' name. Amen. 
No, nah, man, when I was in Canada, thank like, God I had a good upbringing. I knew my limits, man. Do you want to do some pills? No. Nope. I don't even take Panadol. <laughs> so I ain't taking no ecstasy. Ah, uh, bro. But look at, um, it's, that's how some of these people, you've been losing yourself, you know. People have been losing themselves thinking that like it's all cool because other people are doing it. But when, when it went to the news that um, Kaz from Love Island or whatever was doing cocaine in Dubai, I'm like, it's you know, I can see you. Like, first of all, her friend recorded it and then it's got online. Like, what are you doing? And so, uh, you she, know this is she doing cocaine gonna do it. Come on, bro. Oh, you think they what faked she, it? When, yeah, from Love Island, does she need the attention? Yes. This is not good attention. In Dubai. Sesu. Yeah, and did she go to jail? Of course, she was out of the country by the time it came out. Right, so it's just hype shit. You really is it not think... cocaine in Dubai? Bro, but that's the thing. I didn't believe that anyone would be that dumb. Not here, man. Like, these, that's here, why she places, did it. Places like here, Thailand, Singapore, Malaysia, these people kill you for, for drugs. They don't put you in jail, slap on the wrist or whatever. It's death out here, man. Why because, they're so, they're, because they're so holy. Man. <laughs> I'm just saying, I think she's probably a stunt on that shit. I don't really care about that stuff. You think she was really snorting tarpon powder? For, for Here's the thing, yeah. I don't know who has some Love Island is, but when I hear Love Island, I just know everything's for attention. So it doesn't surprise me if she did that. Fair enough. All right. We need That's to what she's about. Man. I know, man. It's like 10 o'clock in your world. Yeah, man. It's, your hair's yeah. falling asleep and shit with your old ass. <laughs> Bruh. Well, I'm going to go and celebrate the rest of the Queen's birthday. Of course, of course. Long live what's the name of today's What's the name of today's pod? Uh, wonder if heaven got a get. Yep. No, I'm joking. <laughs> yeah, I love the fact they did two versions of that. The song clearly hit so much. It's like, now nah, we need to do this one again. But it was a hip hop beat, beat version, and there's a piano version in it. Yeah. Yeah. Like I like both. I, I like the. Ooh, ooh. That's the hip hop one, but yeah. I like the because it's the first one I heard. Okay. Yeah. And I do you know what it is like I like it, but it's you know them them Tupac. I don't know who all the people he used to get to do all of his melodies, but Tupac songs be having the melodies, man. The melodies. Johnny J. Johnny J. Did all of his melodies. He did all that album. Okay. Because, you know, there'll always be, like, some uncredited female voice or whatever, but the song... Oh, yeah. I mean, some of them was Nancy Fletcher. One of them was Joelle. Shout out to Joelle. She she passed away. So, yeah, it was always some people, like, you know. Yeah. Michelle A? Michelle A? Yeah, did she sing anything? She's the one with the voice. She sang, um... um uh, Niggas out there jealous Because we be barely they try to play, but they, but they can't finish Oh, yeah. man, that's And I think it was Nancy Fletcher on To Live and Die in LA. That's Nancy okay. Fletcher. And then Joel, and Joel's on most of them, um, you know. I think what was Joel's on them? Um, I heard it's the bomb, and you got you it going go on. Give me some, some of your passion, baby. baby. So, yeah, she's that one, yeah. Yo, those vocals, bro. Every single one of those ones you just mentioned, iconic to me, bro. I'll be like, I just, that's one of the things I love about Tupac's songs is that whenever he's got these um, 
these uh, vocalists in doing these melodies. The melodies just always speak to me. You know the maddest thing? He writes some of the, they write some of the hooks. Oh, for real. So do you know that song? If it wasn't for the money, cause it and all the things I got, I wonder. Joe wrote that hook. My. Sang it to Fat Joe, and Fat Joe was like, you know what would be dope? If R. Kelly sang this. <laughs> wow. So he went over to Chicago to convince R. Kelly to sing, and R. Kelly didn't want to do it because Joe was beefing with 50, and there was this industry thing going on. He didn't want to seem like he was taking sides, but Fat Joe was like, I had to convince him that, look, you got to sing this, and that became the, the song. So I thought, of course, R. Kelly wrote that hook, but Joe wrote the hook. Fair play, man. Give it up for yeah. Jeffrey Atkins. That was a hot. That was Tupac a hot. Tupac wrote the hook. Tupac wrote the hook to How Do You Want It? And he sang it for Devante. And Devante was like, let Casey and Jojo sing it. Because Tupac was like, I don't know how I sang, sound. He said, well, t- let Casey and Jojo sing it. And so he went to Casey and Jojo and he said, This is how they should sing. This is Casey. We were like, Yeah, yeah, yeah. We said, We did our own thing. <laughs> <laughs> like, you, don't, you ain't going to tell me how to sing. You're a rapper. Yeah. But then again, it sounds good when you tell it like that. <laughs> How much of that is true? I don't know. I don't know. Everybody, everybody go put their stank on it. Try make it everybody like go it put their own version. When Pac came in the stool and he showed me, I was like, fuck that nigga. <laughs> okay. This nigga trying to talk like he know music. He trying to tell me, <laughs> sing all these adagios, and songs and staccatos. Oh. Have you seen the Kanye West one where he's telling Jamie, where Kanye West is working with Jamie Foxx on Slow Jams? And he was like, um, it gave me one some love and gave. So Jamie Foxx is singing it the way he's now singing like this. <laughs> and Jamie was like, oh, okay, okay, shit, all right. And then I saw a piano session with Ray Charles and Jamie Foxx. Yo, Ray Charles was like, come on, I know you can do it. <laughs> and Jamie Foxx had to look at him like, I- I'm a star. <laughs> but you're in the presence of Ray Charles? You can't slap him. <laughs> But can you imagine Dave Chappelle telling you off for a punch and you're thinking, shit, what do I say? You know, he's, he's Dave Chappelle. But don't talk to me like I'm some bitch. <laughs> yeah, man, I hear that, man. I hear that. All right, guys, we really do need to wrap this up, though. We really do. This was fun, man. This is dope. Um, right, we gave, gave you extra bank holiday long special. Thank you guys pause, for rocking with us. Pause, pause, pause. Whoa, what's wrong with that? Give you extra bank holiday long. <laughs> hey, whoa, whoa! You're making that. Hey, anyway, we gave you as in a longer episode for the bank. Give that long pipe as a special. Shout out to you guys. Shout out specifically to Earl who got in touch and asked the question. If you have questions, please do um, hit us up on the socials. That's at Tumbi Omotaya on Instagram, at Tumbi on Twitter, and it's at Ola the Comedian on anything, because that's on Neighborhood. That's that's on Generational Wealth. That's on Monique. That's on on Monique. Uh, That's on anything. All right, guys. Much love. Peace. Peace. All right, man.